Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I got these new shoes. Yeah. Right. Yes, thank you. And Kate was like, I think you should wear shorter socks. And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I have been buying the same socks for 10 years at this point. Yeah. And I just buy the same pack of 10 pairs of black socks and I never have to match them. People who are like, I have to match my sock, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just buy all the same sock. It's not hard. Yeah. And then I went off about how, and this will offend you, but how I hate goofy socks. Because <laughs> I'm like, listen, be as silly as you want in the rest of your life. But when I see an adult wearing silly socks, I'm like, grow the fuck up. That's, <laughs> I am offended. <laughs> I knew you would be. <laughs> you and like every one of my friends, everyone does that. Yeah. And I'm just like, no. Life's too short to wear boring socks, you fucking dad. Yeah, I see your boring ass socks. Congrats. <laughs> Simplify your life. That's all I'm saying. You need comfort you know, and support. My I life. hate those thin socks and then your foot just slides around everywhere. It's stupid. It's all I own, but I don't bother matching them. Yeah, no one does. It's as fine. long as they feel the same. Yeah. That's all I care about. Yeah. It's like that. A Stephen Wright joke. She says, you're wearing two different socks. And he says, yeah, but to me, they're the same because I go by thickness. (laughs) Same. Fair. As long as they feel the same on my foot, then they're going the same length up my leg. Yeah. That's all I care about. Also wearing holy socks. I'm like, look, you put the sock on, you see there's a hole in it, you throw it away. You throw it away. But on a different sock. Yeah. Don't keep going through your day. Life is too short to wear boring socks, but also (laughs) it's too short to wear holy socks. Like (laughs) This is a sock podcast now. (laughs) You know what? That does probably exist. Anyway, Bucket Snake. Yes, Meat Wedge. I have a question for you. Ask me. If you were to receive something mysterious, Mm -hmm. like in the mail Mm -hmm. or through some other method, and obviously this is going to have a lot of follow-up questions, but would you go through with it? Maybe not even a lot of follow-up questions, but a lot of caveats. What is it? What does it say? But like, so like in Clue, where they receive the like blackmail invitation to go to this party or like... Something like that. Like, would you ever, under what circumstances, let's say, would you, like, if you received something mysterious in the mail, would you, like, follow through with it? Yeah, so does it have, like, a, if you do this, you will receive this type? Yeah, maybe. Format, or is it just the intrigue? Right. Like, is there a reward, or is it just, well, that, ooh, a mystery? That's why I'm rewording my question of, under what circumstances would you oh, okay. follow through with a something because I think, like, if I got something that said, like, call this number, I'd be like, all right, that won't take, Oh, yeah. you know, I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. I probably won't be in danger. Yeah. I might call. Hmm. I might Google it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Google the number. Yeah. yeah. Go to this website. I might go to the library and go to that website. Yeah. Make sure it doesn't crash all my shit. Yeah, right. Like, crash this computer. Yeah. <laughs> mine. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if it was like a meet me here right. type thing, I would be like, no. Yeah. I'm not doing that. What if it seemed like someone was in danger? Do I know them? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If they gave a lot of descriptions mm-hmm. about the type of danger, you know, if it was like this person will die or something, yeah. maybe I would get like a bunch of people and yeah. we would all go because yeah. that would feel safer. Yeah. But not by myself. No. I'm soft. Yeah. <laughs> I die That's easily, fair. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I, w- I would definitely like do something, you know, like. Yeah. Maybe call the police. Yeah. I would just be like, can I speak to a detective? Yeah. I don't need a cop. I don't know. <laughs> I don't need a cop. Is uh, Detective Benson in today? Please. Is she Stabler? working on a- Stabler's back. He is back. Yeah. Stoked for that. We can ask him. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not very- Adventurous. Curious. Yeah. About things that don't involve me. <laughs> I would want to know, but at what risk? You know, at what cost? I got, this reminds me, I got like a little note on my mailbox a few weeks ago and it was just a tiny piece of paper and Uh it said names, question mark. And I assume that it's from the mail person. Right. But I don't know because there's no other information. Yeah. So I was like, nope. Nope. If I see you in person, I will say, you leave me this post-it and then I'll fill it out. But it wasn't even a post, it was like a little torn off corner. Oh. And I was like, this could be. (laughs) Somebody else's mail probably got delivered with a corner missing. Right? You're like, Probably. the catalog's been chewed on by the letter carrier. <laughs> the letter carrier's like, you're just gonna throw that away, so it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, I, I just threw it away. Because I was like, I, it could be the mail person, but it could also be, like, the neighborhood association. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't... No, thank you. No, <laughs> no thanks. You don't yeah. need to know. So, I think that answers the question of probably... Probably not. Not getting involved in much. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, if I didn't have to go put myself in danger, I might... Just for the sake of curiosity, but yeah. if I'm leaving my house, there's the element of not coming back yeah, to that. I just, I just feel like either it's dangerous or someone is trying to sell me something, right. and neither of those things do I want. No. Yeah. Unless I had my dog, then I would go. <laughs> your dog's afraid of rabbits. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they were like, we have your dog, meet us here. Oh, I thought you said unless I had my dog. Like, no, you, if the, I, no. Cricket's coming with me, I'm safe. No. no <laughs> Absolutely I'm not. not. She's going to lick it to death. <laughs> Well, it's, I guess if it, if it dies eventually, then if it's mission threatening ice cream, <laughs> I'm safe. I feel like you can handle that. <laughs> but why do you ask, Meat Wedge? Well, bucket snake. Mm-hmm. Because on this here podcast, replay rewind, we go as you as you well know, mm. revisit movies that we watched or maybe did not watch. In this case, as children. Mm-hmm. Talk about what we think happened in them, then go watch it, come back, talk about what actually happened, and then talk about some fun trivia. Yeah. And so for this week... That is what I signed up for. That is what you proposed, I believe. Yes. So for this week, we're doing a, I think, 1997 movie that Mm -hmm. is a remake of a 1950s movie. Okay. Or 60s, called That Darn Cat. Yeah, I don't even... There are no (laughs) bells ringing. (laughs) Right. Silence in my brain. So, given the name of the movie yes. and the question I just asked you, right. what do you think this movie is about? There's a cat in the mail. 
And he has a proposition uh-huh. for whoever finds him. Yes. He says, one, please get me out of the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> I am quite Two, stuck. <laughs> do you have any food? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, the, but the title of the movie, I don't know, kind of suggests like, like a, a cat causing problems. Like, mm-hmm. I guess because we did mouse hunt sort of recently, I'm kind of imagining like a mouse hunt scenario where it's like, this cat keeps causing issues. Yeah. And like, maybe people are like, trying to catch it and it, there keeps being mayhem. Yeah. I don't know. And then they just keep running around going, that darn cat! <laughs> yeah. Or the cat knows a lot of secrets. Mm. And is just telling everybody secrets in town. <laughs> and then everyone's like, that darn cat! Ah, I can't tell him anything. I'll never learn. I'll trust so the cat. So it could be that. Yeah. Either the cat is just accidentally causing mayhem. Uh-huh. Or the cat is intentionally causing mayhem. Right. Or it's not even a real cat. It's a mascot for a local sports team <laughs> who <laughs> is actually a serial killer. Oh, no. But they're like, they'll never figure out who it is because he's only leaving paw prints behind rather than fingerprints. And they're like, how will we ever solve this? Right. Oh, it was that darn cat. Yeah. Oh, ah, we should have <laughs> known because who else leaves such giant paw prints? But only two of them. Exactly. Yeah. Or... <laughs> There's so many options. I know. What if it's a giant cat that's like a cryptid, like Bigfoot, Uh but it's cat foot Mm -hmm. and they have to find it. Yeah. How big would a giant cat have to be to be a cryptid and not just like a big puma? Oh, it has to walk on its back legs. Okay. Yeah. Because that's fucking weird. Right. Yeah. If it's just on four legs, you're just like, well, I guess he just got real big. It has to have like people characteristics to be a cryptid, I think. So Tony the Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Tony the Tiger is real. Yeah. That darn tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Tight. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Do you remember the movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Parts of it. Tell the audience. So how it wrong I was. Is none of those things. The, Damn it. The only thing that you were right about really is that people keep going, That darn cat that happens a couple times in the movie. But it's about so Christina Ricci is in it. Oh. And she's like a teen. Yeah. And she has a cat whom they all call DC because it stands for darn cat because he is a little shit. Okay. And he's just always like getting into stuff and like causing problems or whatever. Okay. So he causes but not, mayhem. He causes mayhem, but not. Small mayhem. Intentionally because he's just, he's just a cat. He's yeah. just kind of like, yeah. it's not like, you know, malicious, but he comes home one day. He's always like getting out and running away or whatever. And he comes mm-hmm. home one day and he has a wristwatch around his neck. Oh. And someone has carved the word help in the back of it. Oh, no. And so she's like, oh, I got to go figure out what this is. And she teams up with this, like, bumbling detective type dude to, like, go solve this crime. Okay. But everyone else is convinced that it is not a crime. Oh. They're like, nothing has happened here. And she's like, no, something is wrong and I have to figure it out. But no one else believes her. Everyone I think... else is like, the cat's doing it for the attention. Right. <laughs> I think the police force is kind of like, this isn't a thing. Because actually, if I remember correctly it doesn't actually say help on the back it says hell mm, like h-e-l no or two H-E-L-L. l's yeah um. but just like maybe somebody was gonna write a, make the l last second l into a p oh. and they ran out of time or they're just trying to say hello maybe but it's like clearly just like scratched in the back yeah and because christina ricci's mom doesn't swear at all okay. it becomes a point because christina is like whatever her name is is like 
I can only get people to take me seriously if they think that this is a cry for help. So she takes her key and like finishes it. So it now oh, says help. Yeah. And her mom is like, I know it said hell. You know, like it used yeah. to say hell when I saw it, it said hell. And they finally like look at Christina Ricci's character and she's like looking very sheepish and she just goes, wow, mom, you swore. She's like, eh, I've been caught, you know, the, yeah. but she was like, I was just trying to get people to take me seriously. Um, And then the only other thing that I remember is at some point they find quote unquote evidence like the detective dude is like, this is evidence. It's a bloody stick. Like, it's, like, stick, you know, like, this little stem with, like, blood on it or whatever, and it turns out to be a cherry stem. Ah. And they're just like, you don't even have, you have nothing. Yeah. You know, you have, like, a You're watch that says hell on the back. A good detective. And yeah. Yeah. That's basically it. But then they figure it out. Yeah, they do end up solving, like, actual crime. I think someone is being held hostage somewhere, and he huh. was like, oh, you found my watch or whatever. Yeah. Uh, That's really all I remember about it. And the, the cherry stem does end up being, like oh, that guy is eating cherries all the time and, like, throwing them out the window or whatever. Yeah. So it does, like, end up being a clue. But yeah. they face a lot of... Disbelief. Disbelief and, yeah, hardship of trying to get people to yeah. go along with their... Interesting. Yeah. That sounds fun. It, it. I do remember it being fun. I cannot... I don't know if it really was. Yeah. I mean, I like Christina Ricci. Can't vouch for it. Yeah. The other... I was thinking that the guy who played the detective was somebody like Chris Tucker or someone like that but i think that was just because of rush hour oh yeah so when i was looking it up to see where you can watch it to see if it was actually anywhere that we could even get to it right uh it's this guy named dougie doug who oh. i've never heard of that sounds familiar actually yeah okay but it, it feels very like like Chris he's tucker and probably hour like a type. comedian yeah yeah with a name like doug e doug yeah i'm guessing true but yeah did you find? Is it available? It's a to Disney watch? movie. Yeah. Okay, good. So it's on Disney Plus. So <laughs> we'll keep, if... I keep forgetting to check before we pick. Movies. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to go watch it with us and you have Disney Plus, it is on there. Otherwise, you're screwed, and there's no you're... possible way that you could pirate it. Go watch it somewhere. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. You're just SOL. Sorry. Yep. Well, okay. That sounds fun. Yeah. It's we. I don't think we've done anything that's really been like a mystery kind of story. Yeah. So that'll be fun. That's true. It yeah. definitely is. I yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it because I do remember liking it. And if nothing else, the cat is really pretty. Oh, good. We just look at a cat. <laughs> I'm just imagining a big orange cat. He's if I think he's brown, just like a brown like long haired tabby. Yeah, he's very fluffy. Cute. All right, I'm ready. All right. And while y'all are getting ready and getting some popcorn, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Yeah. You can get some more bonus content. Mm -hmm. You can get some recast rewrite episodes. Yeah. Where we make movies better. And we also cover movies that are for adults mm -hmm. instead of children. Yes, because we're adults. What? Yeah. I'm wearing adult socks. Surprise. <laughs> I'm not wearing socks. <laughs> All right. We'll meet you back here. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, that was a fucking bizarre movie. It's so weird. I do not remember it being that weird. I mean, you had the plot pretty much right. You just forgot that it was a fucking bizarre movie. Yeah, that there's so many subplots that don't, don't matter. Matter don't get resolved half the time, no. or they do, and it's like, why is this this way? Yeah, why any of this? And <laughs> everyone's dialogue feels like Lyle from George of the Jungle. Yeah, and. The acting is all very uncomfortable. It's super wooden. Yeah. And there's no chemistry between literally anyone. Everything looks like a set. Mm-hmm. And the pauses, it, it's like you can see them remembering their lines. Like, yeah. it's so strange. Yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest movie. It's bizarre. I mean, bizarre is just... Yeah. It's the way to describe it. Well, the IMDb summary says, A maid is kidnapped and scratches a message onto DC the cat's collar, and when his owner, Patty, discovers this, she plays amateur detective with the help of DC to try to find the culprits. I mean, and the FBI. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> skips a whole... I feel like no one else watched this movie. Yeah. Because the Wikipedia summary is wrong, too. That's weird. It says that they, like, kidnapped the president's maid. <laughs> I was like, I don't think y'all really no. watched this. And you... that's okay. We don't blame you. No, it's bad. But we watched it, and now we're going to tell you about it. <laughs> Buckle up, kids. The, I mean, the first thing before the movie even started, it said that it's rated PG for mild thematic elements. And mm. I was like, like what? These themes are mild. What does that mean? <laughs> How am I supposed to... Parental guidance. Themes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a very themed movie. It's very themed. Yeah. So right away, they're really leaning into the cat motif. Yes. They have cats meow the Disney theme poorly. Well, sure, they're cats. They're probably not real cats. It's probably Frank Walker. <laughs> He's like, I'll do it. <laughs> but the movie theme is performed by some 90s ska band. Yeah. Which I didn't see listed literally anywhere. No, it's not a band. Oh. Actually, it's just, just like this a studio guy oh. named Robert Kendall Gibbs, who has done the music for a ton of movies. Oh, interesting. Including Dr. Doolittle and Queen of the Damned. What? Which, Queen of the Damned has one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Okay. It's just... Yeah. It's insane. He's done... He has... His list is, like, incredible. But yeah, it's just... He's the only, he wrote the song. It doesn't credit, like, who sung it. That's so it's so probably, strange. like, his nephew's band or yeah. something like that. But it's it's fun, because it's just like, da da get da 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 yeah, this is going to be fun. And then it's... And then it's all downhill from there. Not. Yeah. <laughs> just the theme song is like, oh, this will be fun. Yeah. And then it isn't. Nope. So we start in Boston mm -hmm. with the, <laughs> I don't know, it's just like, before the turn of the century. Like, we don't even need to know that. What does it have to do with anything? Yeah. You can just say Boston. Yeah. That's it. It doesn't matter. So we zoom in on this huge house mm -hmm. at a really weird angle, I might add. Yeah, we're going we're like, in through a in side sideways. window. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I guess because we're going straight to the bedroom. Yeah. Uh, where we hear a lot of monkey sounds. Uh-huh. And we see a rich white man talking to his wife. Yeah. Who is, like, staring at her face in a mirror and freaking out because she has some wrinkles. Yeah. She's, like, sitting at a vanity in a jungle's worth of plants, wearing mm-hmm. a leopard print leotard, mm-hmm. listening to monkey sounds. Yeah. And I then she's why. like, I have a new line on my face. And yeah. she's like, oh, there's just the eyelash on the mirror. <laughs> I think that bitch needs glasses. Yes. Because she does have <laughs> lines on her face, which is fine because she's clearly like 50 something. Yeah, so fine. Just be old. It's fine. So we meet Mr. Flint, who is reading a newspaper in bed. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to know what time of day this is. Yeah, it seems dark. Yeah, but is it like early morning or late night? Oh, I don't know. I guess the the sweeping the I'd sweeping s- was nighttime, but it was daytime when the camera zoomed in on the house. Oh, was it? It seems like they're getting ready for bed, but also she's like exercising. Yeah, that's why I was like frantically. Yeah, and she wants a snack, and he wants Advil. I don't know. Yeah, and some more milk, like yeah. a baby. Right. So immediately, I'm like, this guy looks familiar. He's the guy, the bad guy from Beethoven. Oh. And I knew it immediately because it's just seared in my brain. Because yeah. he's so evil in that movie. So he's reading the newspaper. There, yeah, looking through the newspaper, talking about the stocks. Mm-hmm. He says, why can't your plastic surgeon give the stock market a facelift? He's <laughs> like, okay. He makes kids a joke. <laughs> pork belly joke. Yeah. Which is like, kids are not going to get no, that. Don't oh, I don't know. Uh, the, the one stockbroker dad in the audience was like, <laughs> All the other kids are like, where's the him. monkeys? I yeah. hear monkeys. <laughs> so he calls their housekeeper Lizzie, and she's asleep, full right. on. So is it morning or night? I don't know. <laughs> but she wakes up to get him what he asked for, which is like warm milk and some Advil. Yeah. And while she is doing that, talking about how, how would they get along without me? They wouldn't. Yeah. We see these two people outside breaking into the house. They're like watching her through the window. And they have these masks on that, like, distort their voices. Mm-hmm. And they're like, God, what an ugly old broad. Look at her. You'd think that with all her millions, she could afford a, f- afford a facelift. Right. It's like, wow. And then one of them says, rich Rude. people are nuts. Let's be one of them. Yeah. So they're here to break in and I guess kidnap her because they kidnap her mm-hmm. as they have mistaken her for Mrs. Flint. Right. It's very sweet, though, because Lizzie, the housekeeper, is British for whatever reason. Yeah. But she says, I know karate. <laughs> like in a really tiny voice right before they kidnap her. Yeah, like it's going to help. I know. Clearly she does not. Meanwhile, in Edgefield, where Marilyn Manson grew up. <laughs> yes. Nice. He's the Edge Lord. Yes, I get it. At Thank first, you. when I saw your note, I was like, did he? No. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I get it. He's from Ohio. Yeah. So while we're in Edgefield, we see a class, a high school class, and all of the children are looking at each other as a girl reads her poem. About how much she hates Edgefield. Yep. We start with her boots mm-hmm. and we're panning up and she's like, oh, she's wearing black tight. Oh, she's wearing black all over. Clearly this girl does not fit in with everybody else. Yeah, and they show just... the rest of the class is all dressed like a fucking quilting convention. Yeah, they're, they're wearing like their letterman's jackets. Overly and like... patterned, yeah. bright colored clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, this is... This is the oddball. Mm. She doesn't fit in with the rest of us, and she's talking about how much she hates Edgefield. And we learn that her name is Patty, because her teacher is like, Patty, you're supposed to write a report about town pride. Yeah, don't you like anything? And she's like, "Mm, my cat. (laughs) Yeah, cool. (laughs) 
said cat runs up to her as she's leaving school. Yeah, this cat. His gets name is around. Yeah, I have never seen a cat just be like about town. Yeah, but also <laughs> goes home all the time. Yeah, but also is just how big this town is like two streets. It must be. This town is just everywhere. I mean, at the end of the movie, we see that the town is two streets. That's true. <laughs> and he he just he knows where the school is, and he goes and meets her at the end of the day. I don't know. Yeah, super which weird. I think is trying to set up, you know, their close relationship, but they have no. Also, no chemistry. No, they should have. And the cat is trying to get away from her every time she picks it up. So much, yeah. They should have gotten a cat that enjoyed being held. Yeah, they should have gone the homeward bound route and just gotten, like, all different animals that were good at different things. Right. They only had one cat for this movie. Yeah, and he clearly does not like being held. No. So anyway, she's like, let's walk home together. But then her mom comes to pick her up. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, I got out of a meeting early. Right. And her mom's like, I know it's not cool. I just, I don't. this is more of what you were talking about with like the disconnect where i'm like what because she's like i know it's not cool to have your mom come pick you up no she says your mommy she does yeah because she sees her follows Mm. her for a little bit in the car and then patty turns around starts walking the other way so her mom puts the car in reverse yeah is like i see you yeah and then so she starts walking forward again and she puts the car back in drive Mm. and then is explaining why she's there to pick her up right and then interrupts herself to be like, why are you always wearing black? And I'm oh, like, how Christmas. are you just now noticing <laughs> that she's wearing all black? And also, I feel like she does this all the time. Yeah. It's just a very strange. It's nobody really talks like this. Weird interaction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't figure out if they're trying to make the town seem like, like, what's that movie where everybody's like black and white? Like, oh, Pleasantville? Yeah. It feels like that. And it. But they didn't really go that far. Right. And they should have. Her mom's just kind of quirky. Everyone in this town is that kind of quirky, though. That's true. Anyway, Patty gets in the car with her cat that's trying to get away. Yep. And her mom is just still yelling yep. where, at the place where she was standing. Yeah, because she says, why do you always wear black? She says, it matches my soul. And she says, well, it doesn't do anything for your eye color. Uh, and she's like already getting in the car. Uh, but she's just shouting at the void. Anyway, maybe she can't tell the difference because... She's just wearing black. Not, yeah. yeah. Not wearing enough color. Can't see. Can't see her. So Patty, we learn, hates Edgefield. Mm-hmm. Or we already knew, I suppose. Yeah. It's a theme. And tells her mom, let's just move to Boston. Right. Boston her, is cool. And her mom's like, just, why don't you try something? And I mean, to be fair, her mom is right. Yes. Like, do, like you know, just like try some stuff out. It does something. Her mom suggests cheerleading, which I think is a bad idea. Yeah. But... You know, you could get involved in something. There are things you have to like stuff. Yeah, it's like anything. Find, make Patty, a band, pick up the guitar, like do. Patty something. reminds me of um, Richard Tyler from Page Master. It's yeah. like, what do you do? He at least studies statistics. Yeah, she just bitches about Edgefield and tries to catch her cat. But there is a very like. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids type conversation where she's mm. like, when I was in high school, yeah. I was on the Glee Club and I, we just had so much fun and I didn't, it's like, well, I'm not you. Yeah. But she does have a point of like, try literally anything. Right. Patricia. So while they're driving, the cat sees some fish and just jumps out the window. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, which Patty's mom has a wreck over. Yes. And she says, that darn cat. Oh, he's a menace or whatever she calls him. It's so like, they have to go to the mechanic. Yeah. Go to Dusty's Superstation. Right. And she says, 
you know, how long is this going to take? And he's like, oh, I'll have it done in 30 minutes. I'll have it done in 15 minutes. And the guy across the street is like, I can do it in 12. Yeah. And that just starts this thing where they're yelling at each other from across the street, trying to outdo each other as mm-hmm. far as how quickly they can get it done or mm-hmm. what perks they can throw in. I'll mm-hmm. give you free oil changes for a year. And gum. And gum. Like, <laughs> what? And they just start ignoring these mechanics yell at each other and she's like anyway we'll be back right so okay i mean it seems like the town is very walkable anyway for sure it's just a weird exchange it's a very strange like the rest of the movie on to the flint home uh where they're interviewing the rich family about their maid being kidnapped Mm -hmm. the chief of police who should have been played by chris farley you know i thought that at first and then as the movie went on i was like chris farley is too good for this movie Oh, absolutely. He deserves better. Yeah. So I'm glad it wasn't him. I mean, maybe with a different cast, it could have been better. It could have been. So, yes. But not Chris Farley is asking the Flints if they had heard anything. But Mr. Flint explains that there were literally monkey sounds playing at the time of the kidnapping. Yeah, Because my wife likes to play them to get ready for bed. Yeah, she always listens to this jungle sounds tape. It's like a Tarzan movie in there. So Which... Mrs. Flint is upset that anyone could have possibly confused mm-hmm. her and Lizzie mm-hmm. because she spent a quarter of a million dollars on her face. Yeah. Which she is still looking in the mirror about. Yes. I would cry, but I can't. The last Since the last eye job, my tear ducts don't work. Like, ugh. Great. Whereupon we meet Zeke Kelso. What a <laughs> fucking ridiculous name. What a name. In my research, I discovered that was the name of the character from the original movie, but mm-hmm. still. It's still a terrible name. I don't care what era you wrote it in yeah he... <laughs> when was the original movie like the 50s yeah it just sounds like such a like fake yeah futuristic name yeah you know like xenon like a, a cool guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i guess zeke is a really really old name yeah it's it from the bible so but just zeke kelso it's not a name no one is named it's not that. a name no. if your name is zeke kelso Email us at replayrewind at <laughs> podcast.gmail.com because I would like to talk to you. So Zeke has been collecting clues from the bedroom. Yeah. Because he doesn't trust the flints. No. Cause, and then his captain is like, Zeke, the kidnapping happened in the kitchen. The flints were in their bedroom at the time. Don't you think you should maybe collect clues from where the crime occurred? And he says, what if the crime did not happen in the alleged kitchen? <laughs> It exists. What? It's right there. The we have like, proof. No, the, the kitchen is not alleged. I can. It's right there. Yeah. So he's like, just go get me some coffee. Yeah. Because he's bad at his job. And when you're bad at your job, your boss makes you go get coffee. Zeke tells Mrs. Him. Flint he's watching her. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, thank you. <laughs> Why? Because Why? she likes being looked at. She likes the attention. I know. So anyway, back in Edgefield, Patty and Judy her mother mm-hmm. walking through the town with dc mm-hmm. while their car gets fixed yep so then we meet some cops which cops i don't think they're actually cops i don't think they are either i don't think edgefield has a police department i don't know they must because she goes to the police department later oh that's true so these guys are not they're cops. security officers in a town that they don't even have any crime yes but they have lots of weapons. This seems illegal. Yeah. And they're always patrolling. Yeah, and they don't wear uniforms. Yeah. I don't it, know what they are. It's very bizarre. Maybe they're... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. But they're patrolling around. Their names are Melvin and Marvin. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, it, I feel like it takes a long time to learn Marvin's name. It like does. we learn Melvin like right away, but yeah. we're just like, oh, Melvin and the other guy. But yes, Melvin and Marvin. Melvin and not Melvin. And yeah, and Marvin is super paranoid. Yeah. Because he's just like. He thinks like, everything is a crime. Right. And he's like, oh, there's a 504 happening right now. Drive. Drive like you've never driven before. And yeah. he drives. And then Melvin drives like 50 feet. Yeah. And then has to slam on the brakes to stop. To not hit Patty. Encountering the 504, which is Patty running into the street to pick up her cat. Right. Side note, Melvin is played by Biff from Back to the Future. Yes. And I think he's just still playing Biff. Yes. <laughs> he's nice this time, at least. That's true. Anyway, so they make a big deal out of Patty chasing DC into the street, but they yeah. know DC's name. Yeah. Because Melvin gets out and is like, how's DC? And... You know, is DC okay? And Patty's like, well, he's got fleas, but I think he had those before you showed up. And it's like, okay, edgy. Right. But yeah, so they know these people. There's this very weird that persists throughout the whole movie, but especially where we're setting up right now, meeting all these people that live in the town. There's this very weird feel of like that they just moved there. But they know, they all know each other. Right. Yeah, it's really strange. I guess just because I was expecting the trope of we just moved here. No, I... I didn't, okay. and I still got that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels that way. But then, yeah, you they know everybody in this town, mm-hmm. but- And they've lived there, I mean, at least Patty's been there her whole life. Right. But, uh, I don't know. It just feels super weird. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, Patty and DC just stalk off moodily. Mm, the mood was mooding moodily. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Melvin's like, man, sure wish we could do something about DC's fleas. And, and Marvin then, says, we're just men, Melvin, not gods. I really like that line. I don't know. He's so sincere. It's the only funny line in the movie. It's true. But, so they keep going. They are standing in the street, talking to this old lady who's in her apartment. Mm-hmm. Patty's like, mom, just keep moving. Like, we're going to be here all day. And she's like, oh, you need to show some respect to these people. Hello, Mrs. McCracken. Can we get you anything? So they're just from yelling the butcher at her. shop. Yeah. Yeah. From the street. And she's like, who's that with you? Patty's like, it's me, Patty, her daughter. You've known me for 16 years. And she says, it would help if you dressed in color. Would it? What is wrong with everyone in this town? Yeah. She's upset. Honestly, you should be able to identify Patty immediately as the only girl who always wears black all the time. Yeah. But whatever. Anyway, she sets DC down and he runs up to the old lady's apartment to mess with her bird, which is funny. Named Tweety. And also sad. Because the bird is, like, in a cage right next to an open window. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like... Look where you could be. Well. Nope. So she talks to her bird for a little bit. Mrs. Randall, a.k.a. Judy, is mad at Patty for being rude, which I don't even think that she was rude. She was just like... I think it, it, maybe it came off as a little rude, but Mrs. McCracken just was like, who's Patty? And it's yeah. like, you've known me forever. What, what do you mean, who's Patty? Who are you? And Judy says, sometimes I wonder who snuck in in the middle of the night and raised you. Yeah. Like, she's, it's fine. Whatever. She's not that bad. She wants to call her a pain in the ass. She's like, sometimes you are such a pain in the... (laughs) But she stops. Yeah. And Patty's like, come on, come on, mom, swear. Just do it. Just swear. She's like, no, you will not get me to swear. I won't. You won't get me to. You remembered that her mom didn't swear, yeah. Why is that a thing? Why does she want her mom to swear so bad? Edgy. You gotta guess. So then they go to the butcher shop to get some meat from Mrs. McCracken. And does she say watermelon roast? Watermelon she says rose? rose. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. What does that mean? Sounds like a sex thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
whatever. DC is just up in the window chewing on some display meat because no one ever pays attention to this cat. <laughs> and the, the cat climbing on the meat, too, is like, I don't know that they, like, planned that. I don't know. No. It doesn't look intentional. They probably it's were just like, let's awkward. see what he does. He falls off of it at one point. Yeah. Yeah, so they're talking to the lady who owns the butcher shop, whose name is Lou. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. She's just kind of very, like, plain looking and stern monotone looking yeah monotone and mrs randall's like well we're having our third annual cat show yeah and you should come because there will be lots of eligible bachelors there and yeah, lou's just like course. oh that's the night that i watch tv yeah it's like okay Hell yeah patty's looking around the butcher shop and lou <laughs> has molded a pig's head out of ground meat yeah it's tight which is intense <laughs> And, and then she's... she brags about making a meat castle with a spiral staircase inside. Yeah. I love it. I do kind of like Judy's small talk because Lou's like, yeah, I made a whole castle. And Judy's like, no. <laughs> yeah. She's like I over mean, the top, like, yeah. friendly. She's good at, like, interacting with all of these people. Yeah. It just everybody seems so fake. It's Oh, yeah. Weird. But anyway, so then they go home. Yep. I guess they got the car fixed. Huh? Yeah. It was only going to take 15 minutes. Yeah, so they're home, they're, like, in the kitchen, sitting around the table, her mom starts talking about her as if she isn't even there. Mm-hmm. Just, like, she's just so rude, and I don't know why she's like this, or what we're gonna do with her. Mm-hmm. And her dad's like, I guess we could just sell her. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe make some money back that we spent on the orthodontra. Yeah. And then they share a little giggle. Right. It seems like Patty and her dad get along pretty well. Yeah. Which is nice. But it also seems like she and her mom get along very fairly well you know they're yeah. not like fighting she's just like kind of exasperated with her she, but wants, they also... she doesn't think that she's nice i yeah. think she just wants her to be a nice kid right like i think it's fine it's just she's 16 just yeah. leave her alone for a little bit it'll be fine you know she's not setting fires or being racist or like calling miss mccracken an old bitch to her face like no. she's just like oh look mom the bird can talk which right sounds like something my mom and i would say to each other it's Truly. just it's just bizarre, but um. But while they're talking, uh, Peter, the dad, mm-hmm. just goes, "Ladies, yeah," and, turns and just on turns the on the TV. I don't know. <laughs> just, it was very abrupt. It's time for the news. It's time for us to turn on the TV to the exact right moment. Yes. Oh, see... ladies, look out! It's exposition time. Yes. Boop. About the kidnapped maid who only has a net worth of two hundred thirty-eight dollars. I know. And they chose the worst picture for her. I know. She has like curlers in her hair and her big robe on, and her eyes are half closed. Yeah. And like this is the maid. I'm sure it's the only one that the Flints had of her. Yeah, probably. And also, they should pay her more, unless maybe she just like is bad with money. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe. they pay her a lot. I think we learn later that they don't. I don't think they do. We learn from this news story that they're demanding one million dollars in ransom mm-hmm. and that the chief of police of boston is not very good at his job yeah he's like i'm determined i promise we'll get her home safe and the newscaster's just like just like he promised that all these other crimes would be solved swiftly and whatever still have not been but still have not been but of course we at channel 11 stand <laughs> by him which is very intense yeah but through so. the news story and the family's conversation, we also learn that DC leaves the house every night at eight. Mm-hmm. The family doesn't know where he goes. No, they're just like, huh, I, eight o'clock, there he goes. Why is that weird, though? Bye. He's like outside all day, too. Yeah. He's just like around the town all the time. I know. But I guess he's around the town when they're around the town. Yeah, And then maybe. he's like home. And then I think it's more just that it's like 8 p.m., yeah. The clock strikes eight and the cat's like, okay, bye. Do you think he pays attention to daylight savings? Oh, I don't know. I think it's probably just the eight eight bongs. 
On the clock? Yeah. So if the clock died, do you think he would forget to leave? Maybe. Yeah. This he means the cat can count. Truly. <laughs> My question is, he leaves right through an open window. Yeah. They live in Massachusetts, and it's clearly... They're, yeah, they're all dressed for... Fall. There are pumpkins... The fall. Everywhere. Yeah. And I've never been to Boston in the fall. <laughs> I Neither. Already sang that song on this podcast before. Have you? I have. Nice. I don't know in reference to what, but I sang We Are the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything mm. at some point. That's true. Splice it all together. If you want. If you if you want. Yeah, eventually we'll get through the whole song. <laughs> we should do a Veggie Tales episode one day. <gasps> I could do, do it as a bonus episode. Have Josh and the Big Wall on DVD. We, we do a Larry do Boy one. episode too. Larry Boy. Anyway. Dun, 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 dun. Larry Boy. Power Pickle. <laughs> some man. I'm a cucumber. So, so I DC... got a power pickle for you. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry. All right, no. <laughs> Out of sight. Vegemite. Larry Boy. <laughs> anyway. So DC is out on walkabout. And we've got like a couple like cat's eye point of view shots. And all the streetlights flicker. Yeah, for the whole fucking movie. And, and don't then... worry, we'll never get an answer for it. <laughs> oh, don't worry, we'll explain. <laughs> you just keep waiting. Um, But he's got all kinds of fun things to do. So he runs up a fence and he like distracts a dog by knocking down a bird feeder. And then mm. while the dog, whose name is Smokey. Yeah. He has is... his little leg in a cast for the I whole saw that. movie. Yeah. yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. While the dog is investigating, he runs over and DC runs over and like starts eating his food. Mm-hmm. And then... He goes to visit this fluffy white cat. Yeah. That can't get out. Like, they just kind of paw at each other through the window. Right. And then... <laughs> I know. And then, like, we hear all the lights turn on. And, and a, a, a shotgun. Sh- yeah. But it's just a mannequin. Right. Holding I, a gun? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What? I was watching a YouTube review of this movie, and they just... <laughs> for this part, they just zoomed in on the mannequin and just didn't say anything they were just like yeah i couldn't tell if it was meant to be like a home alone type burglar deterrent yeah maybe or if there was just the owner of the cat and apartment was like off screen because somebody turned the lights on yeah and there's just a mannequin in the window yeah it's very weird like in the corner of the room super bizarre so dc keeps moving he goes to dusty's superstation to the coffee machine that's there pushes the more milk button and like Mm -hmm. is drinking milk while he's doing that there is a man who we learn is the guy from across the street rollo yeah who is stealing from dusty's and slashes some tires and slashes his tire and is just like that'll teach you and then like punctures it and runs away it reminds me of uh bob's burgers like bob and jimmy pesto just like yelling at each other (laughs) across the street every episode that's true so the the cops from earlier the not cops the not cops from earlier out patrolling and they notice that the tires are slashed but they don't do anything no one of them goes that guy needs new tires (laughs) they just keep moving so i don't know what they're what what are they even doing jobs are but whatever so and then marvin pulls out his gun after he something like frightens him Yeah, dc runs across the hood of the car oh yeah and marvin pull yeah pulls his gun out there are so many guns in this movie yes that are not used correctly no there's no gun safety none 
There's so many points where people are just pointing guns at each other with their fingers on the trigger. Yeah. Even when they're just like two people talking. I'm yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop it. <sighs> so then we see the butcher shop and Lou is there. She's dressed like super hot and dancing around mm-hmm. in front of a mirror just in the middle of the lobby of her shop. With all the lights on. Yeah. At night. It's like, okay. Literally anyone could see you. And yeah. then we move on to the candy shop. And the old people from there, we met them earlier, like, real quick. The Randall said hi to them or whatever. They're there dressed up super nicely and, like, dancing together in their candy shop. And it's like, why doesn't anybody go home? Right. That's what my question was like. Why are they just in their stores after closing time? Like, go home. Yeah, with all the lights on. It was like dancing in the salon. Like, after everyone leaves, I'm just in there, like, dancing around. Right. Even though the front of it is all glass. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like <laughs> in the mirror. Exactly. That's but how I dance. I'm glad no one can see that. It's you, <laughs> you at least have a mirror at the salon. That's Lou true. had to go pull out a full length mirror from somewhere to dance in front of. That's yeah. In the middle of her butcher shop. Well. I don't get it. But DC is just like viewing all of these things as they're happening. Kind of just watching people through their windows and mm-hmm. then running, moving on. And the music changes every apartment or house or store that we go to and it's very jarring because every like there's a song playing and then it interrupts to play whatever song the person is listening to and then it goes back to the i don't understand it's too much so dc then makes his way to a sketchy apartment Mm -hmm. where he finds lizzie all tied up yep she takes off her wristwatch and -hmm. like scratches so here's another question she's like been scratching into the back of it yeah yeah she scratches the word hell yeah I mean, and she was going to scratch help. Right. It's capital H, capital E, Uh two lowercase l's. Yes. Why is it not a capital L? Uh, It's a plot device. Because then it would have been obvious that she was writing help. It would have been H-E-L. Yes. One line. Right. Indicates. Yes. That it's a P next. I agree. But it's so that we could have this conflict later. a lowercase E. Mm -hmm. I don't. uh, I agree. Anyway, this movie's stupid. Yes, so she has managed to carve the word hell into the back of it, and she was, I guess, gonna carve a P. But she hears someone is coming, so she's like, whatever, this is good enough. Puts her watch around DC's neck and tells him to get lost, and yep. he goes running off. And then we see him atop, on a garbage truck. atop a garbage truck, looking very triumphant, getting a ride home, which is cute. Yes. And then we are at home. Patty wakes up, and she's, like, petting. They do this weird, like... Where she's petting DC and her, like, fingernails get so close to his collar, so we see it. Well, he doesn't usually wear a collar. Well, it's true. With, like, so close to this wrist wristwatch yeah. so that the audience can all see it, but then she doesn't notice it. Right. It's like, okay, we already knew it was there. Because she is focusing on keeping him in her lap because yeah, he's trying to leave. because he's trying to leave. <laughs> but what was the point of this scene, I guess, is really my question. Yeah, because, because we get the next scene where her dad sees it and checks the time on it yeah dc jumps up into her dad's lap and he immediately like this is a thing that dc wears all the time mm-hmm. he just looks at dc's collar and is like oh 720 i gotta get out of here that happens in the original movie so that wasn't even like <sighs> a great no <laughs> they stole it like from the original movie it's bizarre yeah it doesn't make sense like it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah like it's silly it is but it's like why would he do that 
Yeah. Why would he think to look at the cat's neck to check the time? He know. wouldn't. It doesn't make any sense. It would make sense if the cat were wearing a big Flava Flav clock around its neck and he just looks over at the cat, you know, and is like, oh, <laughs> yeah, they don't show him. Well, I guess he does pick the cat up later, but I was going to say, he doesn't really interact with the cat very much. Yeah, it's very strange. But he's like, all right, got to get to work. We learned that he works at a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Danielle Steele is coming out. Mm. And he's like... I'd read them, but I just wait for the made-for-TV movies. Ha ha ha, bye. And it's like... Is that a porn joke? I guess. Or like a softcore porn? Cause yeah, because she, really writes... she writes bodice rippers. Yeah. Because he's like, I wonder if it'll be a romance. And it's like, yeah, that's mm. all she does. That's the joke. But like, yeah, he says, I just wait for the movie and then kisses his wife and leaves. And it's like, okay. So the mom is reading the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Everybody reads newspapers in this. Yeah. Time period. Mm-hmm. Patty does finally notice the watch around DC's neck. Mm-hmm. So she looks at it and then she hands it to her mom and her mom just thinks she's trying to get her to swear again, which is like a really convoluted plot to get her mom to say hell, but okay. Yeah. Cause she's like, look mom. And it says hell on the back and she's like, she reads it and then she goes, oh, Patty, I will not swear. You will not make me swear. But at the same time, Patty notices the picture of the maid who has been kidnapped is on the front of the newspaper and she's Mm -hmm. wearing the watch, the same type of watch. Yes. Which I'm sure you could definitely pick out in that very grainy 1990s newspaper newspaper photo, photo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> patty asks dc if he knows the maid yeah and he meows yes and then she's like see and her mom shows dc a picture of hillary clinton and she's like do you know her yeah and he meows so i guess dc also knows hillary clinton yeah because her mom is arguing this is a super popular watch anybody could have given it yeah, to it's him. a timex thousands of people have them why would anyone give their watch to a cat right Unless they were trying to convey some sort of... Me- Who's just like... I mean, I guess unless you were super drunk. Just like rambling Maybe. around the streets. Be yeah. like, here, kitty, would you like this wristwatch? But like, why? Especially with the word hell carved in the back of it. Would you? Yeah, it's still weird. It's very weird. And like, she's just like, Patty, don't be silly. Your first thought doesn't have to be that it belongs to a kidnapped woman. But it is strange that you don't think that it's weird at all. Right. You know? And then... For Patty to be like, look, she's wearing the same watch. Also, Boston is not that far away. Also, this woman was recently kidnapped. Yeah. Everybody's just like, shut up, Patty. Anyway. Okay. Back at the police station, the chief or captain or whatever is yeah. asking Mr. Flint if he will pay the ransom to get his maid back. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Flint is like, you know what? I don't have any money. <laughs> I don't have any money. I have to admit it. I'm flat broke. Which comes as quite a shock to Mrs. Flint. Apparently, she did not know. No. She says, what? And then gets lipstick all over her face. Yes. He says, I'm not just broke. I'm actually $17 million in debt. Woof. Which, I I mean, I know that you can put things on credit cards and stuff. Yeah. But I mean. You just keep taking out loans. I guess. How? He has. I'm sure he has worth. He just doesn't have, like, liquid assets. Yeah. Because he still has his house. Right. You know? How are they paying probably, their like, maid? Borrow against the house. They're not paying the maid. How obviously, are they paying thirty-eight dollar for... worth? <laughs> That's true. How are they paying for Mrs. Flint's plastic surgery? She finished them. They're done. They're <laughs> well. They had to be paid for because his explanation <laughs> for why they have no money is well, it was the eighties, and I was and it's like well, it's the nineties now. So how right. long have you been broke? It might still be the eighties. It's before the turn of the century. <laughs> That's all we know. That's true. So we're uh, we're going down the road. Patty's trying to solve the mystery. Uh, especially why would she write hell, you know? Uh-huh. Trying to put it help together. Me, Rhonda, help, help me, Rhonda. And then uh, Help Me Rhonda is helpfully help me, playing on the radio. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me. What could it mean? And Patty says, oh, that's supposed to say help. Cool. Thanks, the Beach Boys. 
Really appreciate that one, Brian Wilson. There are like 10 words to that song. Help me, Rhonda. Bow, 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 bow. Get her out of my heart. Bow, 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 bow. That's it. Yeah. Bow, bow. That's how it goes. Yep. Mrs. Randall is like, I don't care about that watch that says hell. Mm-hmm. Patty's like, what did you just say? She's like, what? nothing. Nothing. I didn't say anything. And then she's like, there's no way that DC could have traveled 60 miles there and 60 miles back. That is fair. But what if there's, she's not staying in Boston? Anyway, back at the police station, the police are throwing Patty out because the police in this movie are very aggressive. Yeah, they're just ushering her out with one cop on either arm. And she's like, but, but I have proof. I have proof. And they're like, what is it? So what kind of conversation did they have inside the police station? Because they didn't hear her say anything. Well, they walked into the police station Uh and they realized that they didn't have a budget for another set gotcha so they're like actually we'll just have the conversation out here we'll have it outside yeah so yeah. they get outside and she's just like i have this proof blah, blah, blah and they're like we don't care get out of here so she's like this is not boston yeah back to the candy store mm-hmm. well for the first time at the candy store yeah yeah is patty supposed to be at school i guess i mean yeah she walks in and then pa pa mm-hmm. candy says <laughs> aren't you supposed to be in school and then she's like Yes, but I don't care. I would rather be getting cavities. And he's like, ha okay. And order a chocolate soda, whatever the fuck that is. It is chocolate syrup, ice cream, club soda. Gross. Whipped cream on top. That's like a carbonated milkshake. Pretty much, yeah. Don't like it. Uh, it's like a yoo <laughs> There's an exchange that happens. Yeah. When Patty walks in between, there's like this little girl and her grandma sitting in this corner booth. Yeah. And the kid finishes her milkshake and says, Grandma, I feel sick. And her grandma says, (laughs) Oh. And the sound cuts out? Yeah. Did you notice that? No. It's like, there's all this, like, ambient noise behind it because they're talking. Mm Mm-hmm. And even that cuts out. Oh. It's very jarring. Yeah. And then the kid says, Can I have a Big Mac on the way home? And the grandma says, Sure, honey. It's so weird. That's all that happens. We never see these characters again. There's no... Is it, like, is it a commentary or is it... I have it no idea. ...a deal with McDonald's? Yeah. Like, I don't know what they're trying to say. Right. It's... It's bizarre. Anyway. So, Patty is talking to Peter Boyle. Mm-hmm. Paw Candy. And he's just, like, doesn't care. She looks super cute. She's wearing, like, a dark green coat. Yeah. I, I think she looks adorable. Yeah, but she does. Ma and Paw Candy are like, are you going to a funeral? Yeah, this is... A very uncomfortable conversation. It also. really is. Patty is talking about how she's tired of being ignored. She wants people to listen to her. No one's paying attention. But the candy people are like, well, because she's like, I just feel like I'm stuck here. And they're like, we feel that way, too. We get, we understand. And she's like, oh, you feel stuck here? And they're like, yes, but everything will be fine. And Everything's like, great. Smile at each other. Yeah. So we already know what's going to happen. It's true. But it, it just feels like... <sighs> I don't know. It's super bizarre. Yeah, and then the cat gets a whole big old dish of whipped cream. Yeah. While she has her chocolate soda. Yeah, don't give your cat sugar, please. Yeah. They can't handle it. But she's like, yeah, I'm stuck here too, but you know what? I'll be fine. Anyway, bye. Have a great day. And then we see her on a bus to Boston Mm -hmm. with her head hanging out the window like a dog. Bat pet. So there she is in Boston. Mm -hmm. Just at any police station. Yeah. You know, there's more than one. It's Boston. Well, I guess this is... She's not at the police station. This is FBI Oh, yeah. She just goes straight to the FBI. Yeah. Headquarters in Boston. She just, just walks in. Just let her in. Yeah. Yeah. Because I kept referring to him as, you know, the, 
at the police station, but they're FBI agents. Yeah, I forgot. Because they don't so, act like it. No. <laughs> so anyway, before she walks into the FBI headquarters in Boston, yeah. she quickly carves, scratches in the back of the watch so it now says help. Right. So that she can take it in. But nobody wants to take her seriously because she's like, my cat saw something. You guys need to listen to me. My cat witnessed a crime. Right. And the captain is just like, listen, I don't want to deal with this. Any- Do you want to deal with anybody? He's like looking around at all the people. Who are yeah. Going, you want to deal with this? Like, like, gets down the line. No. So like, it off. Give it to Zeke Kelso. On Zeke. So she's, he's sitting down talking to her. Yep. And he's like about to start the interview and mm-hmm. starts talking about how his dad was in the FBI. Yeah. Because there's a giant portrait of his dad behind a his desk. huge painting yeah. hanging on the wall behind it. I don't think that's how police stations, even FBI offices work. No. I, I mean, don't I think... guess he's like, my cubicle's against a wall, so I get to have, I get to decorate this wall. With a painting of my father. Yes. Well, but his father was a very prolific FBI agent. Mm, yeah, so they used to call him the 24-hour man because there was no case that he couldn't solve in less than 24 hours. Yeah, how long does it take uh, Zeke Kelso to solve a case? So anyway, <laughs> you said you saw the kidnapping. <sighs> but he's we have like this very Homeward Bound-esque scene where he is taking her seriously and he's like, oh yes, describe what happened. And she's like, well, my friend... Yeah, so DC saw, saw it. Yeah, DC saw a crime and DC did this and then... Yeah. And he's like... Oh, okay. And then she's like, DC's my cat. And he's like, listen, people, I'm a serious agent. I need serious. But everybody laugh at Zeke, whatever. Yeah. And she's like, no, actually, for real, please take me seriously because I have this watch that says help on the back. You know, I know this is a silly movie mm-hmm. and no one is doing their best. Uh-huh. Kelso, the guy playing Kelso, Dougie Doug, uh-huh. not a good actor. No, no. Because I don't think that his like what's the word like his his outburst his affectations oh yeah his like personality quirks uh-huh i don't think that's a character that he made i think that's just him yeah i think that and, like makes the sense. way he carries his arms yeah is really awkward he's and got like t-rex arms a lot of the time yeah and he's just like and I he don't stammers know. through his which that's fine because i that is how people talk no but I, it just seems like it's like are you trying to be this like nervous bad at your job person which yeah. he, if if so, you should play it up more. Yeah, it's just weird. It is we- it's weird. Nobody oh, wrote weird. that character that was like, hold your arms funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. What? No. So anyway, Patty shows him the watch, mm-hmm. and he shows it to the captain. The captain's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, because Zeke says, I did follow up with the Flints, and they gave Lizzie this watch for Christmas, and only like a hundred of them were made because it was like a promo or whatever. Yeah. So he's actually doing <laughs> decent detective work right he did follow up on it so the captain is like fine go to edgefield Mm -hmm. take four men with you and Mm -hmm. you have one day yep and kelso says thank you sir i could kiss you (laughs) the captain says you could but i wouldn't recommend it it's such a long weird (laughs) pause they're just staring at each other as though kelso's gonna be like okay should i i will you know i will what and then he leaves but zeke is excited because he has a lead and permission to follow it up he's like getting you know he's got the backing of the captain for a little bit but then he gets back to his desk and there's a cat mask, a cat mask taped to this photo of his or this portrait of his dad which is like a everyone there must respect his dad yeah because he does have a good reputation the captain says later that's the only reason he's like entertained him for this long yeah it's because his dad was such a good agent so this right. is just disrespectful to his dad right and then, also, where did they have the cat mask? Yeah. Why do just, they have that? It was left over from Halloween. God. 
Also, I don't know. This isn't how the FBI works. No. At all. No. Especially this next scene where they just drive Patty home. And it, I guess uh, it's because they just don't. Yeah. I'm just still, I don't know. I'm just annoyed. Yeah. By this whole movie. Yes. But you don't get to the FBI mm-hmm. not being a good detective. Right. The, you don't start I don't in the think FBI. you can clout your way into the FBI because your dad was a good detective. Especially if you're a black man. Yeah. Maybe if you're a white man. Maybe. This is a black man in the 90s. It's true. <laughs> Maybe they had to have, there was a quota. Maybe. And they were like, well, we already know that his dad's a good detective, so. Surely. Maybe he'll be. I don't know. I just don't think that you get a position like that unless you're good at your job. I mean, maybe you get it, but you have to keep it. And he, we have seen, is not good at his job because he's collecting clues in the wrong place of the Flint home. And it doesn't, they don't imply that he's new. No. He's been there. Yep. Anyway, another thing that's probably not the right thing to do as an FBI agent, but Zeke drives Patty home. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it is 60 miles, I guess. What are they? He's already going there. Yeah. Well, he says, I'll be there at seven. So does he drive her home and then go back to Boston and then come back later? I think he just dicks around Edgefield for a little bit. I guess. Maybe, you know, he's scoping out the town. So back at the candy store. Yeah. The weird candy olds Mm -hmm. are serving Patty's parents chocolate sodas. Yeah. Clearly a family favorite. Patty shows up there and... Judy and Peter are like, oh, hey, Patty, what are you doing here? It's so nice to see you. And Patty's like, I just, can I I miss my parents? I just missed you. I just wanted to come by and say hi. And Patty's parents are immediately on edge. I mean, Judy looks genuinely shook. She's like, Peter, she wanted to say hi. What's wrong (laughs) with her? She's like, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't just want to say hi. How did she know where her parents were going to be? Because they, it's not like they were at their office and they're like, Patty, what are you doing here? She like, well, maybe... Do well, they go there the same time every week? Yeah, maybe. Did she see them through the window? Well, I was going to say she may have seen their car parked outside. Yeah. On her way back from the bus station. Maybe. Or from Zeke dropping her off. Yeah, I guess. But she had to also go buy the tickets at some point. Yeah, and it just seems like they'd be like, what does she do after school? She just wanders around? yeah i guess anyway but she says i'm not just here to say hello i bought you these tickets to this showing of cats tonight Mm. and it's got it's dinner and a show so you guys should definitely go it's tonight it's dinner be there all night get out of the house suspicious at all no because she clearly does things as if you're not at the candy store right now right it's it's super bizarre and also like are her parents obsessed with cats they don't really seem to be no but they are very excited to go see cats and also they're putting on the cat festival cat festival what do they call it a cat show yeah yeah it's just strange it they is don't seem to strange. like their cat they don't really interact with their cat nope anyway and their cat's definitely not like a show cat their cat's a street cat no he's filthy and yeah, yeah. so then we go to the randall home where kelso is trying to take pictures of dc with fucking professional lighting everywhere yeah. through the kitchen and i'm like what is this fucking sears like yeah. chill <laughs> It's a cat. <laughs> but we learn that he's allergic to cats. His fake sneeze is so bad. It's very bad. While he's inspecting uh-huh. DC, he finds what he thinks is a bloody twig. Yeah. Are they trying to build suspense with this? I don't know, because it could not more obviously be a cherry stem. Yeah. It's very clear. I have nothing else to say. Nope. <laughs> Just so annoyed. Because they're like, oh, a twig. No, it's a cherry step. Oh, it's got blood on the end of it. No, it's cherry. Oh, it probably smells like cherries for fuck's sake. Anyway, they try to bag it. He's like, we need a bag and a label. And she's like, I have 
saran wrap and masking tape. And he's just like, desperate times. And it's like, you're a bad agent. You didn't come with a evidence single bags? bag for evidence. Yeah. Not one person in this whole movie wears a glove either. Yeah. They're just touching stuff all over the place. <sighs> She's put all of her little grubby fingers all over that watch. Yeah. Anyway, the team has arrived. Great. The team consists of Brad Sherwood from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Hell yeah. Which is the only thing I got excited about for this whole movie. Yeah. Because he's hilarious. He yeah, has a he very is. small part. Yeah. But I'm glad he's there. So they arrive. Apparently, they didn't know what they were going to Edgefield to do. Yeah, they weren't briefed. Because when Kelso tells them that they're going to be following a cat, they're all like, it's a cat. Yeah, probably because they wouldn't have gone had yeah. they known what they were going to do. The captain probably had to find the they four agents who weren't in on the cat mask joke. Get paid. Just follow the cat. I know, just go. Just get your paycheck. It's fine. Relax. But Kelso... Again, does this thing where he like tries to okay, the subject is uh eye color, light brown, hair, gray, weight, ten pounds. Yeah. And that's when they're like, What? God this trope so has gotten whatever. old. I know. <laughs> so Literally fast. just follow the cat around. It's an easy night in a sleepy little town. Why are you complaining? Yeah, and you're getting paid. You're getting paid. Anyway. So they all go set up. Mm-hmm. They have set up a headquarters, I guess, in the kitchen at the Randall's house. Right. They have all these walkie-talkies and shit. Mm-hmm. The four agents are out about the town. Yes. Which... Stationed at various points. They know where to be stationed. Obviously, they say earlier, Patty doesn't know where he goes, where DC goes. Right. But they are in all the places where he goes. Well, I think it's more just that the town is not very big. And so they're probably like, well, if he leaves the house... He could head in this direction or this direction. They've got we've got one guy stationed downtown. We've got yeah the two agents are like right near her house and they just follow him to Smokey's house. So I don't think that they're necessarily posted, posted up. Yeah, they're just kind of scattered about. So they all mention that it's getting cold outside and the lights start flickering again mm-hmm, right at eight which o'clock. Still doesn't mean anything. No, but they all mention it. The clock chimes eight o'clock. And mm-hmm. Patty and Kelso are staring at DC, waiting for him to leave. Mm-hmm. And he's taking a sweet time. Yeah, he just won't leave. And then Kelso's trying to talk to him about it. Go! And then he was off. Patty says, you're not a cat person, are you? And then he uses his head as a launching pad. Yeah. But it's like, but she, he just said that he was allergic to cats. Yeah. Why would he hang out with them? Patty is also a terrible character. Is a terrible character. <laughs> She's so smug this entire investigation i think christina ricci is just smug while filming this movie i guess but also <laughs> like her lines are yeah. like like that one where yeah. it's just like she should be concerned that dc is not leaving because she people put taking... all of this in motion yes and yeah. he, people taking her seriously and following this cat is what is going to solve this case in her eyes and she doesn't seem to care if anything happens she right just now, seems to be like moment. anti whatever is happening i guess so anyway, DC finally goes out the window, and the first place that he goes is to Smokey's house. Yeah, the dog. Right. They not, get... Not the bear. Not the bear. <laughs> they get to the yard, and one of the agents, I guess played by Brad... Yeah, Brad Sherwood. Is... His name is Pete. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting, because her dad's name is Peter. And we we were Wait, talking is earlier... Wait, Paul's name Peter, too? Is it? No, it's Peter Boyle is the actor. Oh, okay. I don't I think we like, ever learn his name. Yeah, they just okay. call each his other name is actually just Peter. Yeah, but we've we've talked before about how nobody in a movie has the same name unless it's like a thing. Yeah, but yeah, their names are Pete and Peter, which interesting. I thought was interesting. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so Pete 
Pete. Goes over the fence to follow the cat, where he is immediately <laughs> attacked by yeah. Smokey. Right. Who is just... Uh, I, I don't know. Just like... Kind I of hate dog attack breathing tropes. on him. Yeah. You growling know, a lot. He's supposed to be a big scary dog, but he looks like both of my dogs. You yeah, know, so I'm just tail's like, going like 100 miles an hour. happy. I know. But anyway, they're screaming because he's being attacked. Right. Oh, he's attacking me. Oh my God, shoot him. And they're on the other end of the radio like, who, shoot the cat? No, don't shoot the cat. He's important to the investigation. Do not shoot informant X. Yeah. What? Not like, that's my cat. Don't shoot him. Don't shoot any animals, maybe. any. It's bizarre. But then Patty explains, <laughs> oh, that's just Smokey. He's senile. All you have to do is sing him Motown. I don't. Who fucking wrote this movie? Yeah. And then they proceed to not do that. DC runs off, manages to smack both of the FBI agents in the balls with the plank. Yep. And they As just- Pete is climbing back up over the fence, he yells, he's got my butt! Yeah, which is actually funny. <laughs> and Smokey rips his pants and he's wearing American flag boxers because of course he is. Yeah, they're FBI issued. <laughs> Federal boxer <laughs> investigation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, DC moves on to the lady cat's house. Yep. With the closed window that he can't get to her. Yep. One of the dudes is following him up the fire escape, but then he just falls. Yeah, Down. I think a noise happens that kind of startles him, or DC runs off and, like, runs past, because... He just falls down... But yeah, he just backwards down the stairs. He mm-hmm. had his gun out with his finger on the trigger with the safety off, because mm-hmm. that's how you follow a cat around a quiet, sleepy town. Uh-huh. And he fires his gun all the way down the stairs. Yeah. What? Yeah. And then... Is everyone okay? Everyone's hearing it over the radio, and they're like, oh, God, what's happening now? I mean, I guess the idea is that Zeke and Patty are supposed to be, like, getting this very bleak-sounding report, you know, of, like, oh, God, he's attacking me. bleak-sounding. Help. But they're just kind of <laughs> like, huh. And, in fact, when this man falls down the stairs and his gun goes off at least twice, Patty goes, two down. It's like, two down what, Whose Patricia? are you on? What do you want to happen here? I don't understand. These are not, this is not Home Alone. These are not burglars who are trying to get into your house. These are... Literal FBI agents who are investigating information that you brought to them. Yes. Because you want to solve this kidnapping. Yes. Because you are convinced that the kidnapping can be solved by your cat. And they are here trying to help. And you are being smug about it. And it's not like she had a different idea and she was like, this is a bad idea. We should do it this way. And now she's like, see, I told you. Right. That didn't even happen. No, she was like, go follow my cat because my cat knows something. Why couldn't she just follow her own fucking cat? Anyway, she can't leave the house after eight. She turns into a pumpkin. <laughs> but also, this man just fired off gunshots in the middle of a sleepy town. Yeah, at night, and like no one a, notices. Law enforcement, when they fire their weapon, have to file a report and right. explain. These are FBI agents. They're lo- not they're, the same. They're still law enforcement. <laughs> they're officers. above the law. They can do literally whatever they want. That's not how it works. What if you fire it Nobody on accident? Nobody in this town reacted to just gunshots going off. What if it's a mistake that you fire your gun? Do you still have to fire a Yes. Bullet? You have to fire her. And- because you have to ask for more bullets. And they're going to be like, what happened to those bullets, Trevor? <laughs> you had to fill out an oopsie doodle report. <laughs> My bad. There's just a little cartoon FBI agent on the top of it. Just like, whoop. Ugh. Anyway, so the other guy that was at the dog attack has 
left Pete there, just I guess. Just left him there. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is it's like, these are human beings that you just presumably left to be mauled by a dog and maybe shot himself in the leg. <laughs> and they're just like, well, disposable. So, yeah, so we see the guy who was at the doghouse. Yeah. And now he is... Dusty's Superstation, where DC's getting some milk. Right, like he does every night. But FBI guy sees Rollo. Is that how you say his name? Rollo? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they ever say it all out. It's just on the sign. Yeah. So I noticed it's it eventually. R O L L O. Yeah, Rollo? Royo? Royo? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, he is opening the trunk of Dusty's car? Yeah, he goes, oh, all right, Dusty, let's see what you got in the trunk. He opens it up, yells, holy smokes. And then just starts- Slams it back closed. Hitting the trunk of the car and poking holes in it. Yeah. Does this happen every night? I guess. What What did he find in the trunk? <sighs> why is he Why is he concerned, so concerned that he's like, holy smokes, but then just starts bashing holes in the trunk of this car? It's full of scorpions. I guess. <laughs> now he's going to let them all out. But so the FBI agent is watching him do all of this because this man has not bothered to conceal himself and does nothing. He just goes, this is a weird fucking town, man. Yeah. He's right. He's right. But not because of this. I don't know. And no. then, of course, Patty has to chime in. Yeah. Be like, no, Edgefield is boring. You must be talking about somewhere else. Yeah. It, he's ta- Is he talking about Edgefield? Yeah. Yeah, he couldn't possibly be. He is, because he's chasing a cat through your town. I oh. don't understand this character. Also. Or this writing. <laughs> so annoying. I think you just mentioned this, but it honestly had not hit me until just now in this moment. It's 8 p.m. Where it's is not everyone? Like four in the morning. No. It's like some people are still at work, presumably. Yeah. No, everyone is at the cats. They're all at the cats thing, production. except for the people who are dancing in their own <laughs> store. So now we see DC following some high heels across the street. Mm-hmm. A different bald detective, they do all look the same. Yes. Sitting in a car. Mm-hmm. He watches Lou drop off some meat. Yeah, she probably. drops off a package at the front door of the watchdog security place where Marvin and Melvin work. And so I'm assuming it's meat because that's all Lou does. Did you not immediately recognize it as meat? Meat what? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's the paper it, really threw me. The bow. I feel there's a familial <laughs> resemblance that you should have picked up on. Yeah, I knew. Don't recognize your own. I recognize my own kind. <laughs> so, meat recognize meat. <laughs> so, <laughs> she does that and then she's like, knocks on the door and then runs back to her butcher shop where all the lights are on and she's again in full plain view yeah. of everybody yeah. dressed looking super hot for what this is just what she does at night she just gets super dressed up yeah and then does nothing yeah okay uh the cops are being super weird about it the cops yeah making a lot of noise yep. yelling worried about the meat that's been left yeah even though it has a bow on it, like it's, it's got a cute a little gift. bow, yeah. yeah. And Melvin's like, "Oh, this is adorable." And he picks it up, and he like, he's like, "Oh, it's meat." Yeah. And he's then then Marvin is like, "This could have been left as a threat by anyone, by yeah. the mob, or worse, vegetarians." vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> Why would vegetarians leave meat as a threat? <laughs> this meat has a threatening aura. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. This meat has a threatening aura. <laughs> she said, pointing to herself. There, and throughout all of this, right. there is a constant sound of electricity in the background. Yeah. Which, again, Why? means nothing. It means nothing. 
Somebody found the button on their soundboard. Could and not was like, this turn is it, fun. Couldn't figure out how to turn it off. So Marvin and Melvin get inside. They're like flipping around. Marvin's like, you take the outside watch post, which is just the window. And he's looking through. He's like, I don't see anything. But mm. ball detective number two and DC have literally just gone running past. They yep. missed all of the excitement. They are going to Mrs. <laughs> McCracken's house, whom is sitting in her bedroom because yeah. it's the only place she ever goes, yeah. dressed to the nines, making crank phone calls. Yeah. She's called a pizza joint mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, you sound like a nice young man. How old are you? 16. Are you a pizza face? She's just making a bunch of pizza jokes, being rude. Yeah. Don't be mad, pepperoni boy. <laughs> <laughs> Got all of her windows open. Again, fall, Massachusetts, whatever. Yeah. Ball detective number two is like, oh, it's nothing but a sweet old lady. Even though she's just hurling she's insults as loud so as possible. <laughs> then he just falls through the fire escape. Yeah. I guess no one is using these stairs. They, but they'd use them again later. Like they, Yeah. And they're fine. Yeah. I don't know. So he just completely falls through. DC goes running away, and then the detective is like, the cat got the drop on me. And it's like, were you guys trying to be subtle this whole time? No. Because you fucking blew it. So the Randalls, we see, are leaving the play, Mm -hmm. saying, oh, our daughter is so sweet and so wonderful. Do you think that Patty is happy? (laughs) Mr. Randall says, she's a teenager. She's not supposed to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Our child is miserable and friendless and doesn't have a single hobby. Isn't that hilarious? It's fine. She's a teenager. And then he pulls out the biggest cigar I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) Looks like a fucking, I don't know, cat leg. joke cigar. Yeah. It's It's so big. Yeah. And Mrs. Randall is confused. She's like, you don't smoke cigars. And he's like, when a man in a cat suit hands me a cigar, I smoke. Yeah, because he's like, well, I don't buy them. Yeah. But she's like, well, you're not smoking that thing in my car. So you can walk home. And he's like, okay. She says, I'll leave the light on for you. Make sure that you do. Yeah, he's very sexily. Is like, <laughs> just don't yeah. smoke in the car. I'm sure it's a four minute drive home. Yeah, why don't you sit on the back porch? Yeah. Yeah. You're just going to walk home while your wife drives home. Okay. I mean... It's Massachusetts in the fall. It's cold. It seems nice out. Everybody's not very, wearing very much, and he seems happy That's to walk home. That's because they're filming it in South Carolina. It's true. <laughs> he <laughs> he seems happy to walk home, and it can't be that far. So whatever. You know, maybe he's like, that was a nice play. I'm full of pot roast, because as we learned, the all-you-could-eat dinner prime was 12... Rib. Yes, I'm sorry. Prime rib. Yeah. Was twelve ninety five. But if you get the dinner and a show, it was thirteen ninety five. So the clearly <laughs> the play was one dollar. They don't feel very good about their play. But <laughs> do you think that's what the most recent version of Cats was based on? Was <laughs> that specific was Edgefield Cats Edgefield. play? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so as Peter is walking home, he sees that DC is just sitting in a flower pot. He's probably taking a shit. <laughs> well, one of the detectives says this cat has been here for an hour. Yeah, what am I supposed to do? Just keep he your looks eye on him. So cute. He just does. sitting in that little flower pot. It is very cute. So Peter's like, oh, hey, buddy. And he goes to like pick him up. Mm-hmm. And then all of the fucking detectives pull out their guns. Yep. With their fingers on the trigger. Yep. Just like, how dare you touch a cat? Right. Put him down. Release him. Whatever. And they arrest him. Like throw him on the hood of the car and break his cigar that he is so excited about. Yeah. 
And he doesn't say anything. He does not say anything. He doesn't protest. He's not like, what is happening? I'm sorry, who are you? I'm sorry, that was my cat. Like, he literally is just like, what? And that's it. He and the cat goes running what? off. He right. Just it's just his little face just being, a... like, very confused. This makes me feel like Mr. Randall has done something. And he thinks he deserves to be arrested. Mm. He's like, oh, they finally found the bodies. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So they continue to follow the cat. Mm-hmm. The one guy turns to the other and says, where is he going? And he says, I don't know where he's going. Do it look like a compass? What? What? <laughs> what? So then he goes, oh, he's going through the trees. Man, I hate trees. <laughs> Who wrote this movie? Who hates trees? <laughs> what? So they they're... live in Boston. I just... In the fall. <laughs> All right, that's <laughs> I'm cutting you off. So they're chasing DC through the trees. Mm-hmm. See him enter a house. Yep, with two unidentifiable <sighs> subjects in the kitchen. Kelso gives the orders to go on in. Yep, and they do. And of course, it's Patty's house. They're back at Patty's house. They point guns at them. Yep. They just yes. Ah! Yep. All of these agents are bad. Mm-hmm. And Patty just thinks it's funny. <laughs> Smug still. That was a bust. Why? She just likes wasting America's money. I mean, that's fine. That is fine, actually. She doesn't even pay taxes. She's 16. She doesn't, yeah. she doesn't have a job, that's for sure. So Kelso, now we see, is yelling at Mr. Randall in an interrogation room. Yeah, We're just where, like, where is this? Where is this room? Because... He kept it in his pocket. He got... <laughs> Cop pocket. <laughs> Agent pocket. What? Yeah, did they team up with... I mean, they obviously didn't drive him back to Boston. No. Right? That would I mean, be maybe. insane. Yeah. Maybe they did. Anyway, I don't know. It's like, were they working with those two idiot not-cops? Did they go to the actual police station? There's no way that they were working with the not-cops. No, they, they don't have... They wouldn't have been there, like, in the room, or, you know, like, you would see Right. Them. Yeah, we would know. So did they take him to the Edgefield police station when... They weren't willing to cooperate with Patty. Did they drive him back to Boston? Where is this interrogation room? I don't know. But anyway, anyway, he only asked me, he's like, what did you want with the cat? And, and he's like, he's my cat. Yeah, but if he means that much to you, you can have him. Yeah, because he puts his gun on the table. Yeah, that's true. I guess he's meant to be, like, intimidating, but he just puts his gun in front of where he could very easily grab it. He could it. just reach it. He's not handcuffed. No. And then so... he cracks uh, 12 knuckles. <laughs> Every knuckle... On yeah. both hands and toes. Yes. <laughs> In one fell swoop. Yeah. And then asks him what his name is. He's like, Peter Randall. It is. Kelso's like, wait, you wouldn't happen to be related to a Patty Randall, would yes, you? Yes, I am. Oh, maybe you should have asked for my name when you fucking arrested me. Didn't you fill out any piece of paperwork? Where? They just found this room. <laughs> it's just a room. It's just floating. There's just a door <laughs> on the side of the road. They opened it and went, oh shit, interrogation room. Hell it's yeah. just a room of requirement. Anyway. This movie manages to continuously get worse and worse. I mean, it's impressive that it keeps topping itself every minute. Less and less uh, entertaining. <laughs> yeah. So they take Mr. Randall home as the sun is coming up, which means that they held him all night. Yeah, because the the cat ran out at eight. Yeah. Like, if we do the math. Yeah. Maybe like 15, 20 minutes of whatever. And then the... Right. Cop says this cat's been sitting here for an hour. Right. So at the latest, it's 930. Yeah. I mean, the play was maybe two hours long, but Kelso said that he would be at their house at 7 p.m., which means that Patty had to get her parents out of the house before then. Well, they had all, all the prime rib to eat. 
It takes a while. Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe they're there. But, yeah, it's not going to go later than 10 o'clock at the latest. Right. So he's in this interrogation room. That's what makes me think maybe they drove him back to Boston. Oh, because. because they take him home so as early. the sun is coming yeah. up. Yeah. Which... But they would have had to book him if they brought him into. The FBI <sighs> station or whatever you call it. I know. So, anyway. Yeah. They take him home. He goes in to talk to Patty. And he's just like, hey there. What you got going on? Seems like there's a lot of hullabaloo and, they, and you're at the center of it. And she's like, all right, well, okay, here's what's happening. Yeah, she, and she explains. Explains everything. And he's like, okay. He doesn't get mad, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And he's kind of impressed. Yeah. You know, that she managed to like do all this on her own. She's got a whole FBI team to come track down this lead that she found. And then he's like, I won't tell your mom. Yeah. We'll have a secret. Sure. I don't understand why. No. Is it bad to work with the police and try to solve a kidnapping? I think that he knows that Patty's mom, that Judy would get mad because she's already like, this whole thing is nonsense. That's fine. And so now Patty has gone further and involved the FBI. Yeah, but she went to the FBI and they chose to take her seriously. I don't like, you can't get in trouble for trying to help. Yeah. So yeah, he, I mean, he seems fine with it. He's like, I won't tell your mom. Right. Please try to make a human friend for your mom. Yeah. And then tells her to go to sleep, even though it is 100% daylight outside. Full, just full on daylight. <sighs> and she was already awake. This is the point where we both realized we're only halfway through the movie. Yeah. We have to keep watching it. Yeah. There's half of the movie left. <laughs> what else could happen? <sighs> oh, the same things over and over again. The same things over and over again. Trust us. So Mr. Randall then goes into his own bedroom where he's trying to sneak in. But he bonks his head on something or whatever and wakes Judy up. She's like, where have you been? She is understandably furious. He yeah, was supposed he's to just walk home. Gone all night. He she was... couldn't find him. They don't have cell phones in this time. Right. He tries to, like, appease her without explaining. Because he said, oh, it was a really good cigar. Also, I had a really great time last night. I had the prettiest date. And, and he tries like... to, like, kiss her. Yeah, she's like, don't yeah. do that. And, like, flips him over her. Yeah, he's on the onto floor. the floor, which is yeah. dope. And she's, he's like, well, I guess we can just talk about it in the morning. It's morning now, my dude. Yeah, she's like, it's 6.30. She's not going Why back to sleep. Why is the sun so up at 6.30 in the fall in Massachusetts? I don't know. It should be dark, but <laughs> it's not. It's fine. I don't understand why he doesn't explain to her at this point, make something up, and even just keep Patty out of it. You know, he yeah. can very much say... I was walking home. I got arrested. Yeah. They interrogated me because I matched the description of a subject of a suspect that they were looking for. Right. But then they finally, you know, they caught that guy or they, I had a good alibi. It turns out it wasn't me. They had to drive me all the way to Boston. I'm so sorry. I didn't call you. They wouldn't let let you know, but they wouldn't let me. Yeah. Or something like that. And if you don't believe me, this is a detective's name at the Boston, whatever. Right. You can call him. You would have... Yeah, there, was, there were five detectives there. He would have found one of them, you know, or whatever. Like, I he understand doesn't have to involve Patty. That yeah, that they're trying to create more conflict with this plot line, but it's it so doesn't convoluted. Make any sense? It's so unnecessary, especially when we learn in just a minute here the kind of relationship that Judy and Peter have. Yeah. Anyway, so back in Boston, mm-hmm. the captain yells at Kelso for how it went. Wow. And he takes Kelso off the case. Imagine that. Kelso says, would you like some coffee? (laughs) And then he makes the weirdest face for the longest time. Yeah. Again. So then we cut back to Edgefield. We see Patty in the library. 
Kelso tracks her down. Doing some research. Doing some research. She's just looking at a file that she I don't Googled know. or was she's in the archives of the city, but she's looking at a file or something on Mrs. McCracken. But it leads it tells her nothing. Yeah. And they agree that they don't like each other. Right. But they need to work together. Yep. Patty says, so, partners? Yeah, and Kelsey's like, no, FBI agent and kid, which is fair. True. The only thing that makes sense in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Which, this begs the question, does Kelso not have anything else to do? He's, like, probably on the clock and he just drove to Edgefield. Like, yeah. if you got taken off that case, you would be on another case. You have other shit to do. Yeah, or You're, paperwork to file. You work or... in Boston. Right. There is shit happening. Yeah. You As we learned leave. from the news report that was like, every crime in Boston has never been solved because, <laughs> because everyone here is an Everyone idiot. just leaves. So, in the alleged kitchen... <laughs> Where Patty's mom is dressed like a fucking kindergarten teacher. Always. And she's, like, cleaning the house, and she's, like, to the nines, like, has little pins on her sweater and yeah. everything. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So she starts crying when Peter walks in the room. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you've never kept anything from me. You even told me about that Aunt Jemima thing. Yes. And well, Peter says, it was Halloween, and I was 13. What? Bro? What? The fuck? What does that mean? Sounds like you can never run for political office. I hope you don't have a Twitter. Sounds sticky. Ugh. So Judy huffs out of the kitchen because Peter still won't tell her anything. Right. And he just hits himself with a sponge. Yeah, I don't know why he did that. I don't either. Anyway, so then we see (laughs) a lab. I don't understand this movie. We've gone to a science lab. They built this set. There's and a lab. hired these actors. They're scientists. For They're this 10-second scene. Forensic scientists. That is so unnecessary. Yes. So we see two scientists talking to each other. They've got Kelso's evidence. Yeah, the bloody one twig. piece of evidence that he managed to get, which was the bloody twig. Mm-hmm. One guy says, is that supposed to be blood? And the other guy's like, you better get the captain. And then we never see them again. Yeah, they they do have cool plastic dinosaurs. Tight. I'm sure their, those are uh, allowed. Station. Mm-hmm. But no one is wearing gloves. No. This whole movie. Nope. The glove budget was very small. <laughs> 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 That's the name of my new solo project. The glove budget. <laughs> the glove budget. <laughs> I like it. It's just a lot of weird techno noises. <laughs> just gloves. <laughs> Beep, boo, boo, squeak, 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 beep, boo, boo, squeak, 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 them up. Yep. <laughs> Letting them make those squeaky sound like with balloons that you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's eight o'clock. Yep. Kelso and Patty are out wandering around following the cat, which they could have just fucking done in the first place. Yep. Patty thanks him for including her in the investigation, but he's just like, we're just walking around looking at the town. Mm-hmm, which is not weird. No, it's not weird at all. An adult male and a 16-year-old girl no. just walking around after dark. Yeah. Nothing weird. I guess he does know at least that much, though, that he has to cover his tracks to be like, this is nothing official. This is not an investigation. Yeah. You and I are just chums. Kelso <laughs> comments on the lights flickering. Hmm. His lights keep flickering. Weird. 
This is my review of this movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> So we hear a commotion happening and we realize that, again, DC is in Smokey's yard and they're fighting. They're fighting. And Patty's like, oh, no, he's going to kill him. Get in there and do something. Even though he's a senile old sweet dog. Yeah. And he's never been a problem before when no. a man was trying to, was nearly being mauled in his yard. Yeah. Whatever. So Kelso is like, no worries. I got it. Jumps the fence. He tries to sing baby love. Tries to sing baby love. Cannot do it because he's scared. His little arms are up here. Yeah. And so he does a standing backflip <laughs> over the fence that is taller than him. Yes. Which Patty does not comment on. No, what she, she does on comment on. His singing skills. Is and it... he says he does karaoke on Thursdays. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Who wrote this movie? Man, you really can't belt it out, she says. He just did a backflip over a six foot fence. Yeah. Not worth commenting on. Anyway, so then we see Mrs. McCracken, who is sitting in her bedroom, <laughs> covered, covered in, in orange feathers, yes. on the phone, saying, I want to book a one-way flight to Argentina. I want to leave in the morning. And She's I just... want extra peanuts. Yeah. Yelling at a flight attendant. Okay, whatever. Moving on. So now we go to <laughs> Lou, who is just completely dressed up she looks she's, gorgeous yeah and the i feel like the outfit that she's wearing is like jessica rabbit kind of yeah it's a black dress but it has the same like shape as the mm -hmm. jessica rabbit one and she has big gloves on yeah that's really cute she's got like a shawl her hair's all done her makeup's gorgeous yeah she does it goes across the hut sneak some more yeah across the street puts some meat in front of the watchdog security office and then, instead of going back to the butcher shop, she goes and hides around the corner and right. is standing there watching them. Marvin and Melvin show back up, and Melvin- See, see the meat package. Tries to wave, just to be like, hey, thanks. While this is happening, Patty and Kelso are watching them. Yeah. And Patty's like, oh, maybe all these people are in on it. Yeah. Melvin is trying to signal to whoever it is that- They need to move- yeah so she's like oh lou leaves the package and that lets them know and then melvin signals to whoever it is to mrs mccracken and then she makes a phone call and then they know that they have to move yeah the maid i think is what her theory is something like that yeah and then marvin's like stop waving around you're gonna let whoever know that melvin's like i just want to thank whoever left the meat and marvin's like no you don't know if it's poison or not whatever throws it in the trash which makes lou cry which we zoom in really on sad. her fucking tears yes why too. doesn't she just leave a fucking note or do literally anything else. or do literally anything else but like a note dear melvin i love you also melvin where do you think the meat is coming from at the very least go over to the butcher shop and be like hey has anybody been buying cuts of lamb wrapping it in a pink bow recently just asking they're it's fine cops ish don't they know how to investigate anything? Oh, they clearly do not. So anyway, Patty has put together this really ridiculous, convoluted plan. This is how... Which, why would you even need to move this lady around anyway? Because I people are... Don't these know. bumbling idiots are getting too close to the case? All right, I have 17 questions at this point. Okay, let's How hear. long has this woman been kidnapped? I think we're on like day three or four at this point. At least. Is anyone else even trying to find her? I think that everybody on the case is convinced that she is in Boston. 
Does anyone else care since Flint can't pay the ransom? Well, the kidnappers don't know that Flint can't pay the ransom, so they're still acting like he can? But they would have been in contact by now. They would have been like, here's the drop-off point. This is how kidnappings work. They call. They say, bring the money here by this time. Yeah, they're just they're not really doing bad anything. at kidnapping. They're just holding on to her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, true. I have a thousand more questions, but let's keep going. Okay, so then we see the mechanic shop, and Rollo is putting maple syrup in Dusty's gas tank. And he says, Why do they keep their cars parked there if they keep getting fucked with? This will teach you. <laughs> it doesn't say steal from me. But something like that. I think about stealing his customers or something. I guess. Whatever. So Kelso sees this, tries to stop him. Mm-hmm. But Rolo slips, and then Kelso slips. Mm-hmm. Some very strangely edited slapstick ensues. Yep. He hits his head. Patty asks him if he's okay, which is a reasonable question. Yeah. And then Kelso's like, why do people always ask somebody who just hit their head if they're okay? And it's like, this because is the you first just time hit your head. that this has happened in this movie. It would make sense if he were constantly hitting his head and people were al- always asking if he was okay. Yeah. But it's never happened once. No. And you what? ask people if they're okay when they get hurt. What are you what talking about? What are you about? talking about? <laughs> Zeke Kelso. Anyway, moving on. There's some sirens, but they're just going to get a donut. Yeah. We think the sirens are coming to do something, but they're not. They're not. And then we see the interior of a police car mm-hmm. where they get a report of there being trespassers. Yes. So they they just pull up yep. and arrest yep. Kelso and Patty. Yes. Kelso tries to show, he says, I'm an FBI agent. He tries to pull his badge and ID out of his pocket and DC fucking takes it and runs off with it. And then he's They're like, literally just walking around. Right. It is 8.15 p.m. Right. Kelso tries to go get his ID, and the cop's like, no, never fucking mind that. Just, why don't you just hold it right there? Also, if you're an FBI agent, then I'm Oprah Winfrey. What? uh, What does that mean? What does it mean, white man asking black man? Yeah, he's wearing a suit. He has a gun, anyway. They're not even trespassing. They're They're just walking walking through town. They're walking around town. They didn't break into anywhere. There's a 6.15 p.m. curfew in the Edgefield, okay? So anyway, yeah, they arrest him. Yeah, they have, again, guns out. Fingers, fingers on trigger. Fingers on trigger. They arrest them. He pulls Kelso's gun out of his pocket. It's like, oh, what do we have here? It's like, he just told you he was an FBI agent, dude. Like, he's allowed to have a gun, actually. Ugh. But they're in jail. I guess I do have a jail in Edgefield. Yeah. So the police, well, the FBI captain, I guess, has Whatever come to fuck. yell at Kelso. I can't even remember that guy's name. I it's don't, like it's very weird. Chief Botticelli. Yeah, something like Chief that. Chief Botswana. Yes. <laughs> Botswana. <laughs> and Patty tries to be like, hey, stop yelling at Kelso. We found... We found a bloody it? twig. We found the source. We have more information on the bloody twig. Yeah. And he's like, your bloody twig was a fucking cherry stem. Yeah, we know. Wow. This, <gasps> is this supposed to be a big reveal? The yes, reveal! So the chief is like, look. And she's like, oh. I tried to keep an open mind mm-hmm. because of your dad, yep. but you're an embarrassment and you're a terrible agent. Yeah. And then Patty's parents show up. Uh-huh. And Peter's like, see, I wasn't lying. Yeah. I Our daughter's arrested. Father. Yeah, which then Judy shoots him a look and he's like, I'll never do that again. This implies that they had a conversation where he was like, I got arrested. And she was like, no, you didn't. Yeah. I don't believe you. So then when they see Patty arrested, 
Does that prove that he got arrested? I guess because she's there with the FBI agent and the FBI captain is there to yell at them. And he's like, see, I wasn't lying. Patty's in some shit. And rather than sit down with the two of you and be like, I think we should support Patty on this. I kept it a secret. And now Patty has been arrested. So the chief. With this man whom we do not know. Meets Patty's parents and apologizes. Uh Uh-huh. And Judy is like, I don't know why you listen to a 16-year-old anyway. Yeah. Which is just fucking rude. It is rude. And the chief is like, well, the watch that said help was very convincing. Uh Uh-huh. Which it wasn't. He didn't think it was. No. And Judy's like, it said help. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They go back and forth. I'm pretty sure it said help. And then they finally realize, oh, it was Patty who changed it. And she's sitting there looking very sheepish. And this was the scene that, like, was in my brain Mm. where she's just, like, very quiet. And she's like... Huh, gee, mom, you swore. Which means nothing. Also, she said hell earlier, and Patty heard her. Yeah. So Patty apologizes, <sighs> turns to Kelso and apologizes, and the chief is like, the Edgefield case is closed. Mm-hmm. End scene. End movie. Oh, no, we still have... All right, keep... <sighs> yeah, let's go. We're getting there. All right. Patty is grounded. As she should be. She's sitting in bed. Her parents are lording over her mm-hmm. telling her all the things that she can't do mm-hmm. while she's wearing cat ears yes which we learn later is because they're going to the cat show but <laughs> she just doesn't look very scary yelling at her no with she cat just, ears on yeah. her cat sweater so she's telling patty all the things that she can't do she can't go to the movies she can't see her friends she can't watch tv she can't blah 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 she can't eat dessert i think was one of them yeah and peter says she doesn't do those things anyway yep which is true Again, Patty has no hobbies. What does this girl do with her time? Got no friends. She just hangs out with her cat. Read a book. Mm. She tells her to think about all the people that she's hurt by jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Who? Whom? I mean, yeah, Kelso took her seriously. It's not her fault. Whom has been hurt? It's not like they arrested Mrs. McCracken. Yeah. Or Lou. No one's. No one is the wiser that anything is going on in this town except for patty's parents so i don't know what the fuck she's talking about so they're going to the cat show yep patty is upset Mm -hmm. so she's like i'm gonna buy a bus ticket to new york yeah she just left the house they were like you can't and she was like okay bye i guess she walked there because this town is five square miles this town is tiny Mm -hmm. but is big enough for a police station Mm -hmm. big enough for a bus station that's pretty big yeah and a train station because this is a train oh, that they yeah. are getting on. Yeah. Not a bus. So. Yes. It can't be Maybe that it's just small. On the way to everywhere. Maybe. And so it's like a halfway point or I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. At the train station, we see Lou, who is also leaving. Yep. She's got her bag. And she's like, I got to get out of here. This town sucks. And Patty is like, this seems kind of sudden. You aren't in any kind of trouble, are you? And Lou then just dumps all of her problems in Patty's lap. She's like, no, but I'm tired of being ignored. I'm tired of being in love with somebody who doesn't love me back. She's like, who do you love? Says, Melvin Yasbo. Melvin Yasbo. I've been fucking name. Leaving meat on his front porch, and he hasn't said anything to me about it. And so I've I been I in give up. Love with him for years. Yeah, we've really got to talk about what being in love is. You don't love yeah. someone that you've never had a conversation with. No. You are obsessed with them. Yes. Yike. Yike. Anyway, so Lou explains she's the one that's been leaving meat because she thinks that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Mm-hmm. 
Doesn't explain why she's been dressing that way and dancing alone in her butcher shop. But okay. That's Lou business. (laughs) (laughs) That's got nothing to do with it. So Patty says, you haven't even tried. He doesn't even know you. You can't just go around staring at people and leaving anonymous pieces of meat. That is good advice. One thing in this movie that makes sense. Well done, Patty. Yeah, you're right. And then Lou gives Patty a bunch of compliments on how cool she is. Yeah, she's like, it must be easy for you because you're so cool. I bet you're super popular. All your outfits are always cute. Yes. Which is, is very sweet. It is a very sweet, if very weird scene. Yes. And as the train approaches, they decide they're going to give the town another shot. Yeah. I don't really know what Lou said to convince Patty to stay. I think in the conversation, Patty is like, you can't just, like, you don't really know people if you haven't, like, gotten to know them. Gotcha. And she realizes that she hasn't gotten to know anybody in town and she's just assuming things about them. Okay. That's fair. So she leaves the bus train station, sees her stupid cat, (laughs) he has some fabric in his mouth, and Patty's Mm -hmm. like, why can't you just torture mice? Yep. Chases him into an alleyway. Yep. As she runs out of view of the camera... We see Lou talking to Melvin while his foot is in a trash can. Yeah, he's just standing having a trash can. Uh, why? And so she comes up to him and she's like, it was me leaving all the meat. And he says, I should have known. And they take very awkward steps towards each other because, again, Melvin's foot is in a (laughs) trash can and Lou is meeting his pace. And then she grabs him by his jacket and pulls him into her and, like, kisses him very aggressively. Yeah, and he is like, I think you bit my lip. But I like it. Ugh. And then she's like, anyway, um, I love you. And he's like, I need my inhaler. And then- So let's go inside. As he's going inside, he says, I think I'm engaged! Yeah. What? You're getting married? What? He thinks. He doesn't know, because he doesn't know anything, because he's a fucking idiot. Is there a stronger word than what? What? (laughs) Anyway, back to DC. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Patty's chasing him, chases him up some stairs. Yep. He's trying to get in a door. Mm -hmm. And Patty looks through the little keyhole and sees Lizzie all tied up. Where she's been the whole time. Do you guys remember that this movie was about a lady who got kidnapped? No. Because I kind of forgot in the past like 15 minutes or whatever. So they show the TV also. I guess they left her a TV to watch. Sure. And the Flints are at a press conference. Mm Mm-hmm. Talking about how much they miss Lizzie. Yeah. But that they don't have any money. Ah, bummer. And then Kelso is making coffee because that's his only job now. Yes. Patty calls and is like, I'm looking at the woman. Right. I found her. Yeah. And Kelso is like, fuck you. Yeah. And hangs up. I do love, I would, I need to do this, incorporate this more into my life. Because she's like, Kelso, it's me, Patty. And he says, say goodbye, Patty. (laughs) Just the warning that I'm about to hang up on you, so you might want to say goodbye. Yeah, that is good. Patty's like, all right, whatever, fuck this, I'm doing it myself. She climbs in through the window. She yanks the tape off of Lizzie's mouth. Ouch. Mm. And then she's talking to her for a little bit. Lizzie says, oh my goodness, I'm so happy to see you. Who are you? Yeah. (laughs) Which is very sweet. But then DC starts growling because someone has come into the room. And Patty turns dramatically to look at them. And with a smile on her face, because she's not a very good actor, goes, oh my god, it's you! Yeah, she looks happy. She looks excited to see them. scene. Yeah. What the fuck? So then we go to the cat show, because we need one other thing to be happening. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Not enough going on. The celebrity judge is late for the cat show, and Mm -hmm. Judy is, like, upset because she's the one who set it all up. Yes. So she calls her own house. Yes. Expecting to get Patty so she can be like, did he call here? Did he leave any messages? Right. 
If only they had portable phones or something. Hmm. When she calls, no one answers, and the voicemail greeting picks up, and yeah. it is Patty explaining that she has left town. Yep. If you're trying to reach Patty, I'm out of town. I'm never coming back. Don't worry. Bye. And Judy is like, <gasps> great. Drops the phone. Drops the phone dramatically because she's very worried about her child. So then Judy calls Agent Zeke Kelso. Mm-hmm. Hey, is Patty with you? We can't find her. Yeah. I just heard this very alarming message saying that she's leaving town. And we see her have the cops in the background. So she's like filed a report with the local police. Right. Maybe she's with you. Zeke's like, no, but I'm sure wherever she is, she's fine. Anyway, bye. Mm -hmm. And hangs up. And then he starts talking to himself like, should Mm -hmm. I go? Oh, maybe I should go. Maybe I should help her. What, blah, 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 blah. What? And then he looks at the portrait of his dad. and He's like, you would go, wouldn't you? And then he goes. Yep. So it takes him an hour to get there. Yep. (laughs) And then he runs around Edgefield just being absolutely the most suspicious person on earth. Yeah. This scene is kind of hilarious. It's bad, but it is funny. It's midday. Yep. There are people about. Yep. He is sneaking around. Yeah. Staring at people through the window. He's watching Lou and Melvin feed each other meat at the butcher shop because he's like, oh, the butcher, 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 butcher. And then he like goes to listen to Mrs. McCracken and she's yelling at her maid or her housekeeper or whoever that woman is about how she doesn't want to put her, her teeth caregiver, in. probably. That's what I meant. Yeah. And he's just like, all right, this is getting me nowhere. I have to think like a cat and slink like a cat. I'm slinking and I'm slinking and I'm thinking. And he's just like slinking around town looking like a lunatic. At one point, he's crossing the street slinking. A man sees him because he goes, hey, pal, you all right? <laughs> Kelso does not answer him, but instead goes, I like slinking more than walking. What <laughs> is happening? He's slinking and thinking like a cat. He and gets he sees down an rat, alley. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, rats. Cats follow rats. Yep. I'm going to follow this rat. Yes. DC likes. DC likes. He sees something before the garbage, and I can't remember what it is. DC likes meat. DC likes. And then he sees, like, all the trash cans, and he's like, garbage. Does DC he? DC likes garbage. Does he? I at what point did we know that dc likes garbage never this has never been the thing nope he was riding on top of that garbage truck but that just seemed like a fast way to get home i didn't know that dc liked garbage but apparently kelso thinks that he does so he starts looking through the trash this random trash cans that he has happened upon mm-hmm. and the garbage man comes up mm-hmm. and he says hey have you seen a black and or a white and gray cat around yeah. here <laughs> the garbage man says like recently or in my lifetime? Yeah. <laughs> Kelso's like recently. Uh no. Do you want to hear about my lifetime? <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> and he just walks off like he's the weird one. Yeah. He's slinking around like a cat. Yes, yeah, so then he comes up to a dumpster and sees another cherry stem. Oh no. <gasps> How random. A cherry stem. Another one. I gotta look for clues. I gotta jump in this dumpster. Jumps in the dumpster. Dumpster. Looking for clues, looking for clues, looking for clues. Doesn't find anything. Gets covered in garbage, but finds nothing. So then he <laughs> leaves. While he's standing in the dumpster, he sees a staircase. It's just, there's a row of houses, and yeah. he just, like, zooms in goes, on one staircase. Huh. And he's decided that that one is weird. That's the one. That's the weird one. So he goes up the staircase. And what does he see inside of this apartment? Well, this is the house where Lizzie is being kept, and we now see that DC is in a bag. Yeah, well, that's it's kind of it's very sad. <laughs> like but his head Paul's is poking kind of out. adorable, but yeah. he has a little mask on I too. Know. So he's bagged up, and Patty is bound and gagged, mm-hmm. and the phone starts ringing. Yep, 
Kelsa busts in. Uh-huh. Kidnappers take their masks off. <gasps> Who, Who is, is it? it? It's the candy old people. Of fucking course it is, because there are no other duos in this movie. Yeah. And there's cherry stems everywhere. It has to be them. Has to be them. And you can... <laughs> if you go back, like, once you realize it, and you listen to Peter Boyle talk, mm. even through the, like... Yeah. animatronic weird voice that he has when he has the mask on is just so obviously it still sounds him. like him well plus also we haven't really seen them since yeah you know we saw them in that weird conversation where she goes to boston and she's like and they're like everything's fine we're fine yeah we're stuck here but we're fine and then we don't really see them again yeah. we see him like serve chocolate sodas to her parents when she gives them the tickets but yeah they're not a part of her like convoluted oh and then they do that and then right. so it's clearly them anyway yes so kelso has a gun yep he's like put your guns down mm-hmm. he gets everybody free yeah he starts well, untying everyone yeah he they, gets patty free he gets lizzie free they go to leave and patty's like well what about dc so he goes to untie dc yeah and sneezes yep and drops his gun yep so now old candy people Grab their gun. Mm-hmm. And like, we're in charge now. Yep. And this Patty's- is when Patty's like, why did you guys do it? And they're like, oh, we blew all of our money and yep. we were bored. Yep. What? So they grab Lizzie and they leave again. Yep. Ma Candy at this point is like trying to usher her down the stairs. And she says, you know, two can travel faster than three, like to be threatening. But then if you kill her, you're, you're not, not going to get ransom money. going to get the ransom money that you're not going to get because nobody has the money. Yeah. You've been watching the news. We see that the TV is on. What? Whatever. So they go to get in their getaway car, but it's at Dusty's Superstation and he's not done with it. But they get in it anyway. <laughs> they they go to get in the car and Lizzie is like, I need to use the bathroom. Yeah. And Ma Candy is like, well, you should have thought about that before you went on the lamb. Yep. What? What? Does the throw her in the car, this tiny what is it, a Trans Am? Yeah. It doesn't have a back seat. She's, no, she's in the monkey seat. Yeah. Like she's just crammed back there. It does have a back seat because she's sitting back there they back show seat her, driving. Like, but in yeah, she's the rear windshield at first. Yeah. Like she's just tucked up there. Yeah. But yeah, then she's just sitting in the back seat later. Uh, yeah, then they tossed her back there. Whatever. As they're pulling away, we see that Rollo is underneath this car and has been tampering with it? Question mark? And Dusty's like, I knew it was you fucking with all the cars. Yeah, so that's when it comes to a head and they start yelling at each other. And then Patty and Kelso are chasing after them on foot, so they steal a truck. Mm-hmm. Patty is steal... smug about it. Yeah. They decide to steal a tow truck, which yep. is like not going to be fast. No. And when they go to start it, it just like sparks. I guess because they're hot wiring it? They're not. There's a key in it. They just turn it on. Oh, well. I don't understand the undercurrent of electricity in this movie. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Oof. So now, a car chase. Uh-huh. They start chasing the candy people. Mm-hmm. DC is just, like, on the back of the truck seat bench, just chilling. Yep. Hanging out. Very chill. The candy people realize that their car is messed up. Yes. It doesn't turn right. Because I guess that's what they were getting it fixed for. Can't turn right. No, he was just getting, like, the oil changed. But oh, that's what but Rollo maybe was Rollo doing. fucked it up. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so Pa Candy is like, it doesn't turn right. And Ma Candy says, just go left then. Yeah. So then they do... Do, like, a 720. Which Patty comments on. Patty She's says, like, they just did a 360 twice. So a 720. What? 
Oh God, Lizzie says like, I don't need I don't need the bathroom anymore. <laughs> Great, <laughs> hilarious. As they're chasing in the truck, a bunch of parts fall off mm-hmm. every time they turn. Yep, that seems fine. Yeah, Patty's like, Hey Kelso, that smell is getting worse. Here, take this. That's what she's concerned about right now. Yeah. So then she finds an air freshener, hangs it on his ear. She's like, this is what all the cool kids are doing. And he's like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, re- the kids are wearing air freshers? She's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's totally cool. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Right now. It's not funny. It doesn't make any sense. They should not be concerned about it at all. And it implies that she's making fun of him, even though they've... Yeah. He's the only one that believes her, and they've right. teamed up. And he's still just, like, worried about the kids thinking that he's... You're covered in garbage, man! <sighs> So anyway. the candy people run a stop sign, uh-huh. fly through the air uh-huh. in front of a cop who just has a car full of snacks. Yep. And so the cop just gets out his gun and just shoots a store window. <laughs> yeah. Like you do. Yeah. You have to t- say the next part because <laughs> I'm out of my body. So then Kelso, driving past a funeral, clips a hearse, the coffin flies out. Everyone screams, and presumably the widow goes, It's not him! What? What? Ah! What is happening? We don't ever mention that again. So anyway, we keep going with this car chase, and also keep cutting back and forth to this fight between Dusty and Rollo, which keeps escalating. They're like yelling at each other, throwing shit at each other, whatever dumping gasoline on each other yeah dusty sticks one of the gas like pumps inside of rollo's jumpsuit and he doesn't really react he no just he just stands, stands there, there and then turns around and then <laughs> dusty's like also don't drip on my sidewalk you just got gasoline everywhere <sighs> whatever so that's happening parts of the trans am are falling off yeah they're just driving in circles around the town because they can only turn left right lizzie keeps giving them driving advice yeah <laughs> she's like you didn't signal i saw that you didn't use your train signal and, and Paul then... says, at this point, I'd take a hundred bucks for her. Right. <laughs> they drive again by the mechanic shops. Uh-huh. They're just going, I guess, in this one big circle. I guess. At this point, Dusty and Rolla are on the roof yep. of each other's shops. They have their own shops. paintballs and masks now. Paintball guns. And they're shooting each other. Yep. Rolla says, this is my favorite jumpsuit. Yeah, why'd you wear it to a paintball gun fight then? Anyway... It's already also it's full of gasoline. He didn't comment when it got full of gasoline. I don't understand what's happening. Oh well, guess what? Because more shit is about to happen that isn't necessary and doesn't make any sense. Great, lay it on me. Smokey has escaped his fenced yard because in the mayhem the fence got knocked down and okay. he heads straight for the cat show. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. which they just left the door open for. Yeah, of course. Of course. And Smokey just runs in and causes mayhem, but mm-hmm. he's just kind of standing there, being real cute. Yeah, he's chasing cats. <laughs> Well, they they just show him, like, standing in the middle of the room, just like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, he just wanted to be included. I know. Uh, the fancy cat judge has showed up, I believe, because at this point he says, wow, look at the size of that cat. Yeah, and he's wearing, like, a huge fur coat. You know what he looks like? He looks like Action Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> he's got two women on each arm, yeah. and he's, like, <laughs> this oversized fur coat. Oh, my God. <laughs> so then the Trans Am just drives through the gazebo in the center of town. Yeah, Patty says... Sorry to bring this up right now, but the candy people are about to hit the gazebo. Crunch. And then she goes, and so are we. And it's like, do you think that Kelso can't see that? Do you think that he is blind? 
Does he need to follow them through the center of town? I don't think he does. There no. are still roads. Yeah, he could really just stay on the road. He doesn't need to. They're not going very far. They're not going very fast. He, the Trans Am <sighs> runs through a bunch of people playing music. Mm-hmm. Like playing uh, string instruments. Yeah. And Paul Candy says, sorry, I like rock and roll. Yep. You almost just killed four or five women. Be- y- what? So all the cats have escaped. Uh-huh. They've run into the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. Ma Candy sticks her foot over, which this is not how cars work, and hit the brakes. Mm-hmm. So that she says, I break for animals. So all those people that you almost just hit, you didn't care about, but then there are cats in the street. Yeah. So they do a bunch of donuts about uh-huh. that. Yeah. So then we see, because Melvin and Lou are hunkered down in the butcher shop. Yeah. Under siege, basically. Marvin is like, I'm coming to save you. Yeah. So he puts on everything he can find that is bulletproof. Yeah. And he's the watchdog office. All of these weapons are strapped all over him. Yeah. But then his door shuts behind him and he's like, oh God, oh no, oh I gotta get back inside. He's like, starts whimpering. Yeah. So he runs over to the butcher shop and uh saves Melvin and Lou. Right. And then kind of is like, you two? Yeah. You? And Lou? Ha! And Melvin's like, well, you know, sometimes the best things are in your own backyard. Or butcher shop. It's like, there, the town is falling apart, but I'm glad that you guys are having this moment. Anyway, the celebrity cat judge is like, ladies, let's get out of this crazy town, because he's been here for 15 whole minutes. Gets in his big-ass fancy car. This is like fucking white Rolls Royce or some shit. Yeah, as he's peeling out, Dusty and Rollo are back on the street, have like done like a duel situation mm. where they faced each other and then took 10 paces and then turn around and fire at the same time paintball guns and they're just shooting this big fancy car with their hot pink paintballs yes which has absolutely no effect the fancy hollywood cat judge drops his lit match out of the window and ignites all of the gasoline that rollo and dusty have gotten all over the town yep so now everything is on fire and at this point, Dusty and Rollo, yeah. both in the middle of the street, like, holding each other, and yeah. then the car chase comes around again. Yeah. Kelso looks at Patty and says what I, in in a tone that I'm guessing is meant to be sarcastic, just a sleepy little town. I don't know how you stand it. And Patty just goes, ha ha. <laughs> like, she's having a great time. Neither of them ever look in distress at any point. No. Even though the entire town, ta- they have driven through the gazebo. Mm-hmm. The truck is falling apart, mm-hmm. shit is on fire, and they're both just like, look like they're just going for a Sunday drive. Yep. And then the hood of the truck just flies off. Just ejects itself violently. Yep. Then Patty says, I think something's wrong with the engine. And the engine just leaves. It leaves. It says, This movie is shit, and I won't be a part of it any longer. Take just me out of falls the Falls out and rolls across <laughs> the street, and Patty goes, Yep, I was right. <laughs> I can't. So then a bunch of cats have yep. teamed up. Uh-huh. Uh, DC has, like, gathered all of the cats from the cat show, I guess. Yep. And they all decide to go and jump on the hood of the candy people's car. Uh-huh. Which distracts them, and they wreck into the security place. Yes. And then Mrs. McCracken falls through the ceiling. Yes. And she says, oh, look, I left my apartment. Yep. Was she not allowed to do that before? She was booking a flight to Argentina. She could have left at any time. That was a prank call. Because they reference her being a shut-in at some point. Well, 
like Patty says, I thought she was a shut-in. Yeah. But anyway, it seems like she could have left at any time. <laughs> anyway, then back we to... go back to the Randall house. Where which, where have Patty's parents been this whole time? I guess they left the cat show when the dog showed up and they were just like, meh, we're just going to I think they went home. Oh, you're right. Because yeah. they called the police because they couldn't find Patty. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, and then just left everybody to... Yeah, fuck it. Their daughter's the missing. This is, yeah. you know, it's... A, and then they're like, we're not going back to that shit show. Anyway, they're, a whole fleet of cop cars has showed up. Yeah, and they're just standing on the porch. And then... A helicopter. A helicopter lands. Yeah. Patty and DC get out of the cop car and she's like, hey, did you miss me? I mean, how long has she really been gone? Couple hour? hours at most. Yeah. You know, we don't know how long. They said, we're going to the cat show. We don't know how long between... Yeah. Maybe she had some stuff to set up. But I mean, the the sun it's is the, still up. Yeah, it's still daytime. So pff, four or five hours, maybe. And Judy says, H-E-L-L, yes. Which, what the fuck does that mean? Ugh. She swore? No, she didn't. She spelled it. So the Flints are reunited with Lizzie. Yep. Mr. Flint says, I hope you're not expecting to be paid this week. <sighs> well, to be fair, she didn't do any work. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, Captain What's-His-Name tells Kelso that his dad would be proud of him. No, he caused a lot of fucking destruction. Well, the victim got home safe, so I think that you would have done her dad proud. No, you smashed up a bunch of shit. And then they have the weirdest handshake I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like... (laughs) It's because Dougie Doug can't put his arms below his waist. I guess. They have to be up at his shoulders at all times. Is he new at being human? Yeah. He's just flew in. (laughs) from a different galaxy like what is this yep all right so then patty Uh this okay listen everything in this movie has been fucking weird and nothing makes sense Uh uh-huh this the last five minutes are the weirdest part of the movie yep yeah they really are (laughs) yeah because we yeah we see patty is now on the cover of the newspaper which, holding dc okay that makes sense she yeah. helped save hero it says she saved this woman she nobody else I believed mean, she her did. she yeah. actually did it she got the cops and the fbi to come and save this person yeah but she's hanging out with some kids her age who we saw earlier looking at her incredulously in their english class yes they're all wearing black but she's wearing color Patty's wearing like a silver dress and a pink jacket and it looks terrible she looked so cute the rest of this movie. She looks like garbage right now. Anyway, whatever. Her hair's like pinned back. Yeah. <sighs> I don't. So I guess the kids started dressing like her. Uh. But now that she's popular, she's like, I don't have to wear dark colors anymore. Like, what is the messaging <laughs> here? I don't understand. Right. And they're all like, you should come to a party tonight. Yeah. And she's like, that sounds like fun. Does it? You don't know any of these children. You don't even like. Do you, you suddenly don't like, like them. people? Yeah. What, what are you going to talk to them about? I mean, except for this shit that just happened. Yeah. So then Kelso rolls back up just to say hi. Yeah. And they're like, who's that? And she's like, oh, he's an FBI agent. That's a friend of mine. Yeah, that's just my friend from the bureau. The fucking ginger kid goes, wow, she knows someone from the FBI? I'm lucky if I see a fire truck. Yeah. Another girl goes, totally. (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean? I don't know what does that mean what does any of this mean i had to in our notes put what literally what it's underlined it's like a different font size y'all it is serious that's how i feel so kelso and patty are just walking around edgefield and kelso's like what's it like to be popular Mm -hmm. so that's i guess that's how you get popular and i've just been doing it wrong this whole time shit i gotta go back and do high school all over again 
we see that Dusty and Rollo are opening their own joint mechanic shop. Yeah. Kelso asks where DC is. Mm-hmm. And we see that he has a cat wife now. Yeah. And a bunch of kittens. Adorable. What is the messaging here? We need more cats. Because well, he's like, oh, is he off solving another mystery? And she's like, no, his crime stopping days are behind him. He's a dad now. What? He's <laughs> a cat and you shouldn't just make more cats. You shouldn't just let him run around. Neuter your fucking cat. Willy nilly. And then Kelso sneezes because he's, remember, he's allergic to cats. Yeah, and they're fucking 20 feet away from these cats and uh-huh. he sneezes. And then the frame freezes uh-huh. for like 10 seconds. Uh-huh. But then... The movie keeps going! Then the movie keeps going because they walk down the street and it plays the credits. It should have just played the credits on the freeze frame. What? What? <laughs> it just kept getting more and more bizarre. Fucking Super Mario Brothers made more sense than this shit. Yeah, 100%. Anyway, the end. God. <sighs> Alright, first question. Uh-huh. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what is any of this? Hey, Meatwood. Yeah. Did it make you cry? Yeah. <laughs> that scene... Okay, I know it's dumb, but it got me. That scene where... No, it didn't fucking make me cry. This movie is so stupid. <laughs> it was... I was... I believed you for a second. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that was good. That was good acting. That was a good job. This is better than all the acting in this fucking movie. Truly. Uh, replay, rewind. Fuck this movie. I don't think I'm even going to rewind it. Nope. I think I'm just going to chuck it into the donate bin. Yeah, you rewind it. Person who bought this at Goodwill for 75 cents. The respect. No. <laughs> to rewind. I will not be kind. In fact. <laughs> be rude. I will be rude. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, and this... You know, it has probably been a long episode because we've been yelling so much. But don't worry, because there's hardly any. We got about, about five it. minutes to go because nobody wants to talk about this movie. The because Wikipedia it's page at... is like one screen long. Yep, and most of that is just explaining the plot. Yeah, of the movie. So it was released February fourteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. I could not find how much it cost to make. No one wants to admit that they spent more than five dollars on this movie, <laughs> but it grossed eighteen million. Wow, that's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. It depends on how much it they spent, I guess. But eighteen million is a lot. I mean, they only had one cat. How much could it cost? <laughs> yeah, no but they had homeward bound. The Elvis of cats. That's true. His name was Elvis. I know. So, uh, what did he? What does it have on Rotten Tomatoes? There, meat wedge. Let us know. It's got a thirteen percent. Ah. <sighs> I saw somewhere else that had like four point one out of ten stars. I think that's the IMDb that's like generous rating. Yeah. Um. No one liked this movie. Uh. Joe Lydon of Variety magazine said it's not quite a catastrophe, but the updated remake of that darn cat is a loud and largely charmless trifle. Yeah. Absolutely. Loud and charmless is yes. how I would describe it. Absolutely. Stephen Holden of the New York Times said the opening scenes in that darn cat suggested that the movie might have found a gently sarcastic altitude in tone with the know-it-all mood of the late 1990s. Unfortunately, it isn't long before this wised-up tone gives way to a desperate, mindless freneticism that leaves Miss Ricci mired in her sulk. Yes! And I had to include that because she truly is mired in sulk the entire time. She doesn't have a character. slogging through it. Yeah. She's like, everything fucking bores me. I wish no one... I wish I weren't ignored all the time. Because you don't like anything. When I have attention, I also make fun of it. Yeah! Too cool. These five FBI agents came to help me on this dumb whim that I have that I lied about? 
Ugh, I hope they get eaten by a dog. Or shoot themselves! I tried to find Roger Ebert's review, but it doesn't exist. No. Because he probably hated it. He said it's not worth wasting words on. But in January 1998, it was included on Siskel and Ebert's worst films of 1997 list. Good. Good. It needs to be there. So in lieu of there being very much information out there, Mm -hmm. Meat Wedge and I were like, okay, maybe we can do a sort of deep dive on the people who wrote the story. Yeah. There's barely any information about them either. Yep. They're called the Gordons. Yes, we've got Mildred Gordon and Gordon Gordon. And the article wasn't even like, born another name. (laughs) His name is Gordon Gordon. The man's name is Gordon Gordon. And he doesn't have a middle name. But what if he would did, I would guess that it would be Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Gordon, Jordan, Gordon. <laughs> so he was born in 1906 and he lived until 2002. He was like in his 90s. Damn, he was almost 100. But his wife only lived till 1979. Aww. I know. I was like, shit. That's bummer. But they wrote, as a duo, numerous Uh crime fiction novels. Cute. Some of which were filmed. That's adorable. After they learned that the screenwriter of Make Haste to Live, which was a story that they had written, Mm -hmm. received $40,000, while they, the authors, only received $5,000, the Gordons insisted on writing the screenplays for their books being filmed from that forward. That's fair. Which makes sense. Yeah. I don't know that they should have done this one. No. But he is credited as the screenwriter. (laughs) So he wrote this. Hang on. He's like 91. That's why it's so shitty. Yeah. He's 91 years old when this movie came out. What the fuck? Don't let him do it. Wait till he dies. (laughs) Oh my God. Do you think Gordon Gordon saw the movie? Do you think he liked it? That's probably what put him over the edge. (laughs) Pushed him on to death. Him. He was he like, was thank like, God Mildred's gone. I was going to be immortal, but you know what? <laughs> to not see this. Uh, he did serve as a Federal Bureau of Investigation counterintelligence agent during World War II, which is kind of interesting. That is very interesting. Seems like he should know how the FBI works. You would think. A little better. Unless he was just there making coffee. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'll counterintelligence this. <laughs> and then mildred gordon was a teacher oh, and that's all we know about her. good for her she's a woman she's, she's a less lady. important she's lucky to have a job my notes about production here say who knows who knows nobody knows no, no information one wants to admit that they made this movie no yep it was christina ricci's only disney film which i could see if you made this movie and then you were like are they all this bad no thank you yeah and Whatever. she i mean to be fair I love Christina Ricci. I do too. She's I adorable. have a huge crush on her yeah. as an adult, not as however old she is in this right. movie. She does always play the same character. Yeah. And that's fine. It isn't for Disney. No. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no. I mean, she does a really good job in Casper. Maybe really good is generous, but I, I mean, like Casper I is cute and watchable. Haven't rewatched Casper in a long time. That's true. We may watch it. No, oh, we will. And realize. Yeah. That is bad. And it's bad. Despite, however, the poor reception of this movie, and let's be honest, her poor acting job in it, Oof. it did earn her two award nominations. The first was a Kids' Choice Award for Favorite Movie Actress, and the second was a Young Artist Award. So she was nominated. Must have been a shortlist that year. Yeah. Eddie Murphy turned down the part of Kelso. 
What? I wonder why. What? Maybe he read the script. <laughs> For five minutes of it went, yeah, I'm about to do other shit. Uh, Dougie Doug, who did play Kelso, also plays Sanka Coffee in Cool Runnings. I love Cool Runnings. I do too. I did not realize that Sanka's last name was Coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it's very silly. Uh, Megan Cavanaugh, who played Lou, plays Broomhilda in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yes. And she voices Jimmy Neutron. Boy genius. Cute. So that's fun. And the guy who directed this, Bob Spears, also directed Spice World. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. All right. Here's some trivia for you. Okay. The cat on the cover of the movie isn't even the cat in the movie. Oh. It's well, a short-haired tabby cat. What's his name? I don't fucking know. He's probably not even real. <laughs> They did have to build an animatronic cat for this movie. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. They're oh. like, just put the cat puppet. Maybe. Because he'll wear so sunglasses. We put sunglasses on it. Yep. Why is the cat wearing sunglasses? Because he's cool. He's not. He's cool. <laughs> the marketing for this movie was so different than what this movie actually is. Yeah. Mr. Flint is in the original That Darn Cat. He plays Zeke Kelso. Yeah. His name is Dean Jones. And I got really yeah. excited for a second because I was like, Doug Jones. I was like, no, no. it's Dean Jones and Dougie Doug. Yeah, and I was right. He is the evil doctor mm-hmm. from Beethoven. Mm-hmm. The cat's name is Elvis. Yeah. He was also in Sylvester Stallone's 1994 movie, The Specialist. How interesting. I tried so hard. That's all there is. There's really nothing. I mean... It's bad. It's just bad. Don't it's watch a, it. It's a bad movie. Especially if you listened to this episode. Yeah. Like, don't put yourself through more. Don't. Yeah, just trust us on this one. Maybe look up... I don't know, like a scene from it. Yeah. That's it. If you loved this movie as a kid, uh, why? Yeah, and please. And how recently have you seen it? Do let us know. Most people that I talked to about it were like, I've never even heard of that. No, I know. So, yeah. I hadn't heard of it. It's, no, I know, I remember. Yeah. Uh, and the, with good reason. I mean, it clearly, you know, it did not wriggle its way into the hearts of America. How? And, because it's bizarre. Did this movie make $18 million? I don't know. And my net worth is $238. <laughs> I'm better than this movie. You are. You absolutely are. I don't get it. Um, They never once address the electricity. No. Lights flickering. It gets colder at 8 p.m. thing. There's very clearly... I mean, it seems like there's a subplot that's trying so hard to happen of the people being controlled in this town yeah because they act one way during the day and act a different way at night right and it kind of makes me think of hot fuzz yes you know how everybody in the town is like very idyllic yes and then at night they're actually all in this like secret society yeah and it's like like, does terrible shit yeah weird and creepy that's kind of what it feels like it does but they don't it doesn't it isn't it's not that it's literally just Two old people decided to kidnap a rich lady so that they could get the ransom. They and then never they fuck explain it up. who the Flints are. Nope. They're just random rich people in Boston. Yeah. So why did they go so far away to kidnap a lady? They just went to a house. The biggest house they could find. Fa- they, but the they biggest knew, house they could find. But they knew what her name was. Mrs. Flint. Yeah. Yeah, but not what she looked like. Right. But they're because like they get targeting the wrong lady. them specifically. Yeah. But they never say why. No. Because they're rich. So maybe he's just like a big name. And they're like, oh, everyone's heard of Mr. Flint and Mrs. Flint. We can kidnap her. 
and he'll pay. Why couldn't they just sell their fancy Trans Am and their candy store? I don't know. <laughs> they're they they partied away all their money, so it's not even like oh hard times. They're just shitty people, and they're bored, and they're bored. So just sell your store and leave. Yeah, move. <laughs> like their motivation doesn't make any sense, but it's like okay, they're like bonnie and clyde type old people who just decided to commit a crime because they didn't have any money whatever sure sure but like they never address why all the weird shit that is happening in the town why this town is so friggin weird they're just like oh small towns have secrets yeah but none of them are like the secrets are that lou has a crush on marvin melvin melvin Dusty and Rollo are feuding. Feuding, except for Rollo's the one who's always he's doing shit to Dusty, but never the other way around. Yeah, and that's Mrs. It. McCracken is weird. Yeah, she makes crank phone calls at night. But like, why is she dressed up so nicely just to yell into the phone? Why is everyone nice to her? I don't understand. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There aren't any answers. There are no answers. This movie raises a million questions and answers two of them. If that. Anyway, if you have any answers, you know, yeah. to anything, honestly. Anything. Literally anything. What was the electricity doing? Yep. Why did this movie get made? Yep. Why am I here? <laughs> what am I doing? What should I be doing? <laughs> Why don't I have $18 million? <sighs> well, if we made a terrible movie. My physical Clearly, appearance it's not hard. is funnier than this movie. <laughs> I know. I'm looking at you. <laughs> I can vouch, audience. Hilarious. All right. Well, we've kept you here long enough. Thank you so much for listening to us yell yeah. about this movie. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you're weird. If you did. No, not the movie. The episode. I hope you enjoyed the episode. That's what I meant. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Bucket Snake thinks you're weird, but it's fine. If you would like to answer any of the questions that we have posed or if you have more questions you might as well ask them because why not was going for going all in at this point yeah you can send those questions you can email us at replay rewind podcast at gmail.com you can hit us up on instagram or tumblr at replay rewind podcast you can tweet at us and by us i mean meat wedge at replay rewind pod if you would like to listen to episodes about movies that we did enjoy (laughs) which are most of them which are most of them you can check those out on stitcher google apple or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts if you have a preferred podcast platform tell us about it we'll try and get on there for you and if your preferred podcast platform has the ability to like subscribe follow review please do those things it really helps us get more visibility and we're still a new podcast yeah do us a little favor there that would be great if you can't do that or even if you can you could also just tell one of your friends which would be nice because yeah. that's the best way to do it is just tell somebody that you think would like this podcast to go listen to it and they probably won't listen so mm-hmm. you're gonna have to take their phone yeah you're gonna have to do it for them like follow subscribe and review with their phone yes and then once you got the hooks in them they'll stick around yeah speaking of hooks <laughs> check us out on patreon yeah we have bonus episodes we sure do and there are more coming every time every time <laughs> every <laughs> moment no that's too many but we're yeah we're trying to put out more episodes of cool shit we will send you a sticker we will shout out your name on the show there's all kinds of fun stuff so we go will check appreciate it out. you we'll appreciate you so much good um, vibes only <laughs> speaking of good vibes and appreciating uh-huh we have to shout out our new patreon patron 
patron. Our new patron, Gwyn, a.k.a. Ghostbutt. Yeah, friend of the pod and also guest host on the Super Mario Bros. episode. So go check that out. Check out all the other episodes. And uh, in the meantime, stay fresh, cheese bags. And don't forget to reduce, reuse, recycle, replay. And in this case, fuck it. Don't even rewind. Don't rewind it. Recycle it. (laughs) Recycle this movie. I have to talk faster through this or we're going to be here forever. That's fair. Because this movie is stupid and I'm already tired of it. <laughs> yeah, but we don't have anything at the end, so we can just I talk know. for two hours about the fucking movie and go, anyway, there's no trivia. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.